Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 134. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. I'm getting excited. Uh, Oktoberfest is starting this weekend officially. Oh, look at that. Yeah, there's definitely a, a hint of a little chill in the air. You can just see summer. Summer is starting to peter out and fall is making its presence known, which means we are in full swing, almost ski season. It's a beautiful thing. I love it. I mean, it's funny though. Like I'm, I was trying to look for like festivals today, like, you know, what's going on in the area and they're all going on in October. I'm like, Oktoberfest is officially over like the seventh. Like it's <laughs> all, all these Oktoberfest festivals in the U S are going on like the 20th of October. It's like, yeah, no, it's called Oktoberfest, but it's really, you know, it's a celebration of the coming of October and the harvest. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we're Americans. We ruin everything. It's kind of our job. Yeah, that's that's just what happens. Right? Well, it's kind of like we half the things we improve and make super awesome, and half the things we just ruin. Just douche it up. That's the American way. That should be on our flag. It should be just like it should be like the black and white cookie. It's black and white. <laughs> There's some things we do awesome. Some things we just ruin. Just fucking it up. That's you know, it's a roll. It's a flip of the coin. A roll of the dice. Fucking things up since 1776. <laughs> You're welcome, Earth. <laughs> so uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Get your last couple of weeks of, of viewing of that site because it is going away. We are fully rebranding. What? The new logo is on the old site. Yes, I've been working on this for the last couple months. I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to launch it. So that's coming. So pay attention. You're going to, I think you're going to dig it. What's that? You want podcast 2.0? Uh, you could call it that. Yeah. I mean, I think the formula for the podcast isn't going to change. We're just going to, you know, change our branding a bit and yeah. definitely, uh, definitely push the new, the new logo and the new branding some more, which I'm excited about. I think it's pretty awesome. Like so yeah, skibumpodcast.com. Check it out on the socials, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. We are also on Pinterest as the Highfalutins. We're on YouTube. And I got to check the URL for that because I don't know, because we're going to start putting the podcasts on YouTube. Uh, they're going to be the edited ones. There's probably not going to be video because I don't think we're quite ready to show off the video yet, but we're get, we'll get there. Much like this podcast, that is going to be a something that evolves. Definitely. This is all all evolution. It's a beautiful thing. I think this format, it took us what, like about 20, 20 episodes or so to get it right? Probably at least that. Yeah. You know, I'd so, say a good 35, probably. Yeah. And then YouTube, I figure, you know, we, the learning curve would be less because I think we've, we've been doing this for so long. So, yeah. It's just since we, we do it when we, because we podcast using Google Hangouts now, since we're not in the same location, we kind of know what we're doing. It's just a matter of making it a little more presentable, a little more polished. A little polish. We, we, need to, we need hair and makeup people, you know, and uh, you might have to reorganize some of the tools behind you. And the, I got to fix my background. The poster's like all like slouching down and hanging down. But I love yeah. it. Real. That's that's what we That's what we are, man. Uh, I want to step it up. Like I got this the ski lift sign. Let me see if I can point to it. There it is. I like the ski lift sign. Yeah. I have my uh, my ski backpack and my ski bag behind me, which are pretty right. cool. They're hanging up. It's a golf club over there for some reason. Um, what else is back there? Yeah, it's just tools. See, for me, you just see the ceiling with the angle I have. But if you saw the regular, 
you see empty boxes, like boxes that aren't unpacked. Yeah. <laughs> removing and shit like that. So we'll figure it out, but Hey, it's all going to be real. Yeah. I wonder if I could, I mean, it's, I should just put yeah. these posters up like, or, or move my angle. Cause I have the posters on the wall of all the, the ski map posters. Yeah. And then there's the, uh, the box with all the, the, um, electronics for, with the mixing board and the, uh, the USB converter and all that. And yeah. if you look further down, I have, you I have my emergency booze. You vibrated back there? Um, no. <laughs> but I actually have, if I ever needed to hide it, I have like the absolute best hiding spot. Oops. Uh-oh, what's that? That's a little wee. Oh, a little. Yeah, I got the, uh, the, the Mr. Stinky case, whatever it's called. Nice. Um, and it's like the best friggin' location for it, but it's not going to matter in a few months. Little teaser because it's going to be legal in my current home state. What? That's the word on the street. That's the so, word on the street. I, I'm not going to believe it till I smoke it. Yeah. And of course, I mean, it's, it's got to be nearby at uh, all times. The best in hand at all times. Best Leatherby limited label. Mmm. Delicious. Oh, uh, it stings the nostrils. You didn't think it was that bad. It's like the Sex Panther of uh, liqueurs. <laughs> again, that's what concerns me. I didn't didn't think it was that bad. I mean, again, I don't love the taste of burning tires, but I don't. I I, I see where it has a purpose. I mean, in anything, I'm sure you could get used to it and appreciate it for what it is. And you know, it probably isn't too bad. But originally, it's like it's like a shot in the shot in the chones when you have it. Yeah. So there's that, and there's also SoundCloud.com. We're going to be stepping that game up and getting that um, some newer episodes on there. And what else am I missing? Oh, email. If you want to hook us up with an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We've actually been getting a bunch of emails, emails and Instagram messages, which have been pretty cool. So thank you, everyone, for people writing to us about people stuff. are reaching out over different stuff which is pretty awesome so thank you for for reaching out we do appreciate it and if you and, have noticed we are pretty slack at getting back to you sometimes that's just how we are yeah it's just um you know we're all we're juggling some things right now and like i said i've been i've been dedicating like i don't have much free time with the little guy and work and well my current full-time nonsense job that but um I've been working on this new redesign for this website, which has been occupying like most of my life. So once this is done and live, I'm going to have way more time to do, you know, other things, promotion and talking to people and reaching out to other people, which is why I'm trying to get it done before the big ski season hype, which is why I'm trying to get it done. I tried to get it done before Labor Day. Didn't happen. I'm trying to get it done before October, which would be ideal. And then we can start pushing some other things and expanding well, the podcast and doing stuff with the skiing too, right? Well, that's obviously that was, I got to plan my trips, man. I'm freaking out right now a little bit inside. Cause I'm like, I don't have anything planned yet. And I got to travel. I got to travel cause I'm in pretty far away from ski area. So I'm with you, man. And I was just like, I texted you and Nick this afternoon. I found this, this house in Killington. I want to buy it so bad. It's so dope. It's not, it's not huge. It's small. It's a three bedroom, two bath, but it's on a dirt road. It's like, it's the right size. It's one acre. I'm like, I'm thinking like if I had to be a prepper, it's like just the right size. Like I could start building up my little compound around there. It's near some restaurants. I can get my fryer grease for my biodiesel. Like it's got a lot of positive aspects to it. Little weapons bunker. I don't know. I don't know if you looked up where that location was. It's right by um, Foundry, so you can actually walk to Foundry from there. So it's it's further down the access road. Um, 
Nice. But it's in a, oh, it's, I love that place, man. I, oh. You go skating at the foundry. That's, see, a, another pot. Like, there's so many positives about this place. You'd be the old guy that's like, hey, kids, you want to play? Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Mario Lemieux? <laughs> yeah. No, but one of, so we were um, messaging with our friends, Smart Skis, on Instagram. And they're talking about how we mentioned renting out Pico, how they have a, they're going to have it Tuesdays and Wednesdays. You can, you know, get a group and rent it out for six grand or whatever. They're mentioning that. Oh, that's, that's a great idea. And like, we should try to make it happen. And then I just had this idea. I'm like, you know how the West Coast has Burning Man? Why don't we do Freezing Man? Oh, I like it. Like create like a giant, a giant ice sculpture at the end or something. Yeah. Like, why don't we just take over? Like, why don't we just bum rush the mountain? Bum rush it. Take it over. We just got like RVs and campers. Oh, yeah. Just flood all that whole area. Take it over. What are they going to do? It'll be a a beer. It'll be a festival to celebrate beer, skiing, and everything Uller. Mad Max with snowcats. Like if we just roll up with like like an army of like a hundred snow cats, oh, but like mad maxed up, yeah, and snowmobiles just like zipping around on those. Those that'll good. be like our infantry. Yeah, fat tire bikes, fat tire, tire bikes, yeah, <laughs> Tukes and fat tire bikes. That would be awesome. Like that, that could be like a Netflix documentary, like forty years, like a constant hockey game going at all times. <laughs> That'd be like a. It was once a quiet ski town, and all of a sudden, that winter of 2018, these these hooligans just showed up. Snowball fights all the time. That'd be cool, right? It would be like being 13 all over again. No matter where you go, snowball fights. You're in a store, snowball fight. Better watch out. (laughs) Keep your head on a swivel. (laughs) Gotta keep your head on a swivel. You're in there, you're in the public bathroom, you get hit with a snowball. Bam. Bam. Hey, like that. In your face. Really turned my brown eye blue with that one. All right. So with that, as you can tell, we've been putting a few back already. It's time for our pray today. All right. I got. I got to open mine. I'm okay. Like, well, you do your thing. I've had. I had an evening this evening. Like actually, it started yesterday. I was just you know a little bit stressed out and came home and I just I just wanted a glass of wine so bad. Just I didn't feel like beer. I just wanted wine and I wanted to be a classy alcoholic. So I had a glass of wine and you know, when you open a bottle of wine and you're drinking by yourself, you can't leave that bottle for too long. I have one of those little pump things takes the air out, which is nice, but it only works for so long. You're fighting against air and you're not going to win that battle. So breast pump and modify it so it can do it for you. Take the air out. You got to reverse. I, you probably could. I don't really have the engineering background to pull that off. You know, but I have one of those little vacuum pumps. You gotta tell your wife. Oh yeah, I got the breast pump down there. I'm I'm sealing up some wine. What are you doing with that? What the hell are you doing? It's not a toy, Brian. Yeah. So I I decided to stick with wine tonight. Then I had I I went and I made myself a beautiful steak. I mean, there are few luxuries in the world like a freaking beautifully grilled ribeye steak, and uh, I had no. that. And like, I love red wine, like a nice Cabernet with my steak. So that's what I had. And I still had a quarter of a bottle left. So I decided to keep drinking it. So boom, that's where we're at right now. We're drinking a bottle of Josh, which is a uh, a lovely Cabernet from the Josh Cellars, which was wow. blended and bottled by Joseph Carr, vintage 2016. Why would you name a bottle of wine Josh? I don't know. It's kind of a terrible name if you really think about it. But uh 
This guy's father's name was Joseph, but his friends just called him Josh. Drinking in Josh. Just swish it around. It's very classy. Classy with an eye and a little dick hanging on the seat that bends around. <laughs> oh, that's South Park. Oh Every my time God. I think of classy, I'm like... Classy. Classy. What's the yes. of that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. It's so horrible. That's a throwback. Well done. Anybody hasn't seen that, you, you gotta... And they have like the logo, the classy logo. Awesome. God, I almost forgot about that one. Yeah, that was that was a while ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So if you're into deep, you know, like a dark, bold red wine, it's got ripe blackberry and cherry flavors accented by spices and toasted oak, ending with a long, smooth finish. Wow. Very nice. And it's also available at Costco. So boom. Max out, son. Nice. What about you, Mario? What do you got today? I just cracked this open. I like this one. I ordered this from the um, from the craft beer wine cellar in my order because uh, I like Evil Twin Brewing and I like the name of this one. And it was an Imperial Stout. So it's called Even More Jesus. So I need to get a little bit of Jesus in me. And uh, so while you're swirling, Josh, I'm going to have Jesus. Josh and Jesus down by the schoolyard. All J's. We're having the J's. Um, ooh, Jesus, Mary, and Josh, right? That's right. So uh, this is a, wow, they describe it as a thick fudge-like body, pitch black color, overwhelming aromas of chocolate, coffee, dark fruits, and muscovado sugar. Uh, obviously made limited amounts, and most crucial of all, it is a taste, a rare taste. So it's an imperial stout from Westbrook Brewing Company, South Carolina, 12% ABV. So. Ooh. This podcast, watch out. You might have a lot to do. Um, I think they have a double barrel more Jesus too, which uh, I saw online. But no, this is, uh, I get the fudginess. I get the uh, coffee. Um, Definitely like a cooked, like a cooked sugar. You know what I mean? Like that dark cooked sugar. Like a creme brulee top kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Uh, with a little bit of chocolate, a little coffee, a um, lot of you know, a lot of coffee, and a little smoke in there. I'm getting a little Ooh. smoke, so it's uh, it's really good. Nothing that it sounds really good. good. It's not as light as like some of the uh, stouts, but it's an imperial. That's probably why it is twelve percent. So Ooh. that's a that's a humdinger. A humdinger, and it comes in a uh, a pint can, so it's a twelve percent in a pint. That's yeah. We better hustle through this podcast, otherwise it could get pretty messy at the end there. I'm, I'm already slurring my words with this freaking my, I don't know, fourth glass of wine and had a bourbon too before. I had a few Mick Ultras when I, I went down to you know the Irish local Irish bar and you know told some lies and some jokes and watched a little golf because they're idiots and that's all they have on there right now. Did you have to did you break into the Robin Williams uh, golf routine from his stand up? <laughs> no, you saw that right. No. Oh my God. That's Robin Williams is touch and go. Like uh, some of his stuff I find really funny. Some of it not so funny, but he has a whole thing about golf. This is, it's pretty old. It's like from like 2000 ish. I think Um, he has a whole thing about the Scottish and he kind of goes into golf after that. And he's like, he's like, he's like, so you hit the ball. It's kind of like bowling. It's like, fuck no. You put all kind of shit in the way. (laughs) 
Nice. He's like, oh, you do this once? He's like, fuck no, you do it 18 fucking times. <laughs> oh, it's classic. It's that 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 was one of his best bits ever. Oh, that's funny. Worth checking out. I think it was on because Tiger Woods, people were watching him at some tournament. He's he he was golfing, so people were watching. But um, yeah, I had a few uh Mick Ultras because I'm training, you know, just like the commercial. Oh yeah, it's the athlete beer. It's the athlete beer and and like a freaking half pound burger that's just sitting in my stomach right now. But it was good. It was yeah. it. It was, why doesn't why doesn't Red Bull officially make an alcoholic beverage? They should make an alcoholic meat, an alcoholic <laughs> like. And you're going back to it's always sunny to the rum ham, <laughs> rum rum ham. They should do that, like Red Bull beef. You know how great that would be? Like, what are you grilling? Red Bull Angus, man. Oh, it's like, well, it's like Kobe. Like, instead of giving the, the, the cows beer, they just feed it Red Bull. Just Red Bull. It's like jacked up cows. Like, whoa. Ooh, you know the milk from that? You can have Red Bull milk, too. Oh, my God. That could be mentioned the ice cream. Oh, Red Bull ice cream. Red Bull cow ice cream. Uh, Red Bull, skibonepodcast.com. You can donate to our Patreon for, the, uh, for giving you this this uh seriously I, we should we should definitely be involved in this somehow if i'm still awake at the end of this podcast I'm right to them. <laughs> that's a really goddamn good idea yeah you feed the cows the red bull and then you got milk and you got cream your creamer your coffee with cream oh man instead of putting that you know that what's that stuff they put in there the scope skull or scode the uh that extra caffeine shot you could put in there called like skull or something like oh, that really i'm not i'm not familiar with this they have it at like quick check 7-eleven like you see it there and it's like a big warning label on it like it has a lot of caffeine it's like an extra caffeine shot for your coffee so it's the most oh, ridiculously wow. non-essential thing in the world but it's there so you try it it sounds ridiculous yeah just have a few of those until your heart that's when i'm like why why bother having coffee why can't you just have a bunch of those Kind of a quick side note. I know we've been talking a lot about Malort lately. I found Malort. there's actually someone has created Malort ice cream. I'll get out of here. Yep. Artisan ice cream chain Jenny's Splendid Ice Cream has made Malort flavored ice cream. Jenny's is that um, really good ice cream, isn't it? They used to be. I think if that's the one I got the uh, salted caramel and all the uh, like the fancy flavors. Well, they've added Malort as one of their flavors now. So, yeah, that's that's Jenny's. Yeah, they have some really cool ice cream. Yeah, wow, they have a Malort ice cream. Dang it! <laughs> God, damn. Because why not? I've had the pistachio. That's the one. They have pistachio honey and the salt. And they had, they had another one that was really cool. They had some good stuff. I got that at the A and A place, the uh, the Italian deli. Okay, that one time, nice. I think we saw it on like Food Network or something. We saw it on some show. But Malort, man, oh come on, yep, terrible. Probably only in Chicago. <laughs> it's <Seriously. distributed. laughs> wow. I gotta look this up now. Malort ice cream. <laughs> Why don't you kick off our, uh, our our stories while we're doing the app today? Because I know this is uh, this is close to your heart, and you experienced this recently All firsthand. Right. Yeah. So, uh, as I mentioned before, Oktoberfest is starting on Saturday, September twenty second, and it ends October seventh. So get ready 
and be prepared. Now, I put a link in the show notes uh, for Oktoberfest DE, which is translated in English. It's the German website for Oktoberfest. Now, if you are going to Germany, that is a great site because you can get all the stuff that you need to get a table, to get around, um, book hotel. Like it'll give you all the information you need uh, and links to people that can help you get like, you know, because I think it was, I went two years ago with my buddy John and we got, we made the plans like three weeks before Oktoberfest. Uh, we found a place that we can get, we paid a lot of money, but we got a table like in one of the big, like the Paul in our tent. So uh, it, it was definitely worth it, but it's a, a great uh, area for information on the real Oktoberfest. Uh, and then I put a link also for um, do's and don'ts for Oktoberfest. Now they kind of transcend countries. Uh, uh, so do's and don'ts. So let's just go over the do's, right? Uh, do dance. Dancing is recommended. Uh, handle chicken. It's the type of chicken they have there. When you go in Oktoberfest or, or like a real Oktoberfest, it's a type of chicken and, and they serve them like by the half chicken. You just grab them like with your hands and eat them. Like that's how it's meant to eat. Uh, very good. Uh, they say rides if you're in Oktoberfest. When I went, I was like, I'm not getting on rides, but that was after drinking. So they recommend do the rides before you drink. <laughs> um, flirting. Um, they have like, a, it, you know, it's part of the culture. So actually the women wear a bow tie to the right. Uh, and, and that means they have a boyfriend. If they loop it on the left, that means they're available and they're looking for a boyfriend or whatever companionship. That's um, actually pretty brilliant. That almost should be like a universal thing. It is pretty neat. There's all these little tells and even like the shirt you wear. So they call the outfit, the truck, um, and the later hosen of the, just the pant, but the truck is like the whole set with the hat and the socks and the, you know, the, the, the shirt, the shirt, the color of the shirt, actually, uh, I don't think it, it holds true now, but they used to, it used to signify what area of Germany you were from, you know? So it was kind of cool. If you had like a blue, um, checkered shirt, that meant you were from like, you know, Bavaria. If you had like green, it was something else. Red, it was like different part of Germany. So it was pretty neat. Like people can like your uniform from where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Uh, and then the women wear the Durandels, which are really nice. They got a lot of like embroidery on it and stuff. They're, they're really cool. Uh, definitely dress up because we almost didn't dress up because my buddy John was like, nah, I'm going to feel stupid. And he said he would have felt stupid if he didn't dress up. <laughs> um, don'ts. Don't bring your own food into Oktoberfest. They have food there. That's what it's for. Um, don't drink too much beer. Now, it's going to happen, but just don't drink way too much beer. Otherwise you'll pass out on like one of the berms that they call puke hill or something like that. Uh, public urination. This is, this is everywhere. Don't urinate in public. This also goes for uh, St. Patrick's day, right? Uh, don't steal beer mugs. Uh, don't, don't keep a seat free. So, you know, in America, a lot of times you go out someplace and you usually leave a seat and you sit at the bar or whatever not in Germany, not in Oktoberfest. Every seat is valuable. Uh, you just partner up. If there's a free seat, people are going to sit in there. Uh, so there's no, no such thing as keeping a free seat. You're going to, somebody's going to sit in that seat and that's kind of how it should be. Um, and then so you don't they, want to keep something for your purse. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, if you're saving a seat for a, a person that's actually going to be there, 
they better be there soon. Cause like people get a little like edgy though. Like, what do you mean? You're saving the seat. There's nobody been here for like five minutes. Like you, you better be there, you know? Um, and then photographing, don't photograph stuff that happens in the tents. They actually say in some of the tents, some of the ladies actually start showing their breasts. Um, what goes on in the tent stays in the tent. That's kind of what they say. So where's Those are the rules? And there was, I remember, you know, reading something recently, they were saying that a lot of Americans are, are ruining Oktoberfest because they're, they're kind of like overly, well, the women, they're like overly provocative and, and slutty looking. So they're trying to, you know, take that look and make it, you know, I mean, it is, there, there's definitely something intriguing about the look. It's very, it's, it's classy, but it's also just, you know, it, it's very flirtatious kind of too. Like, that's, that's the perfect adjective. It's flirtatious. Yeah. And again, it's easy to be taken too far. And, uh, you know, that's what, as Americans, that's kind of our MO. That's what we do. I got to say, even like, so when I was there, I saw I, everybody I'd run into was from New Jersey, New York, America, somewhere, or England. And I was like, is there anybody really German in there? And we ran into them, but you know, they'll come in and they'll go to Oktoberfest for a few beers with friends and then they leave. Uh, all the tourists, which are coming from those countries, they come in, they stay all day and they get w- wickedly drunk. So that also gives a bad, bad image. So, you know, just stay in check, be polite. You know, you're there for enjoyment. Don't get into any fights. You see people wanting to get rough housing, wanting to be, you know, a little bit and you kind of think everybody watches that. Um, and the cops are everywhere, which is good. They actually have their own little jail, like Oktoberfest jail. And it's a real jail. They set it up. They say it's the biggest jail in uh, Munich um, while it's, while Oktoberfest is going on. Wow. You have a judge and everything. They arraign you right there. It's crazy. But, you know, it's because people get out of hand. They get drunk and they want to fight. And there, it's no cause for, you know, no place to do that. But they, they walk around in packs of, of patrolling police, which is kind of cool to see. And they wow. won't mess you up. So word of advice, just be, keep it in check. You don't want any part of that. Yeah. Jeez. Well, so kind of following up on that story, the great German beer crisis. This is a real thing now. This is a thing. Yeah. That they're, uh, they're saying that in Germany, that beer consumption has been dropping since 1976. Damn. Um, That's a long time for it to be just in decline. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. The, they're saying that even the big beer brands are are starting to cut jobs. Like they're saying uh, Varsteiner. Wow. And they have to cut almost a fifth of their jobs. And they're saying there's a lot of just consolidation going on. Once mighty Dortmund beers such as Cronin and Ritter are all owned by Radeberger, German's biggest brewery group. Uh, complacency is at the heart of the decline of Dortmund's beer industry. Brewery owners miss three trends that started in the 1960s, he says. The sharp increase in demand for bottled beer, the decline of the export variety, which was crowded out by Pilsner, and the canny marketing that positioned beer as a premium product. Germany is, uh, you know, they're very steeped in tradition. Yeah. And they're not one to pick up on new trends and, you know, 
change and evolve really quickly. So they're used to like, oh, we've done this, you know, what is it? The uh, Gebot? Is that the name of the? Uh, oh, the German the law. Security laws. Yeah. 1300s or whatever. So they're like, yeah, we kind of stick to this and we're not changing it. You know, piss off. Don't put any peaches in my beer. That kind of thing. So, um, but the trend has gone to, you know, people being more experimental with beers, different styles, the craft beer scene, you know, places that, I mean, obviously in the States here, you know, we have a lot of these breweries that just, you know, oh, we're going to just, you know, find a place and brew there and we'll use what ingredients we have. And that's it. You know, there isn't the, uh, that, that strict rigidity of recipe that they're, they're known for. So that's funny. Like all around Germany, when you travel around, I mean, you've been there, it's like you go to these little towns and while you're in the town, you find every town has its own little local brewery, like a town brewery. And they've been there for like 400 years. Like you're not talking about something set up like 20 years ago. You're talking like generations. It's been there and they're brewing the same like three beers that they've always brewed. So it's kind of cool. But right now it's, uh, as an American, you go over there and they start asking about like IPAs. So like, what are these IPAs? I tried one, you know, I guess they're just starting to flood the market now, but you know, it's a big thing over here and over there. It's just very, you know, traditional. Um, you know, I'm sure they have them. I'm sure they try them, but you know, it's trends change, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess the, one of the things they're, they're big into is the alcohol free beer, which, you know, I guess the German culture, they love the taste of beer. And, you know, sometimes when you're working or, or doing whatever, you can't, obviously have have booze so they're like oh we'll just have this non-alcoholic one and that'll be just what we drink when we're not drinking regular beer i guess if you go on in a surgery that's the right thing to do right pretty much yeah if we're gonna go on a uh, you know 50 mile bike ride perhaps operate some heavy machinery you kind of want to be not hammered you know exactly that's crazy what i love about like um you know so, so something like oktoberfest you go in there and i remember going in there to the, to the beer tent and being like, well, I don't know what beer, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to order. I don't know the language. So I'm going to, hopefully it's pretty, pretty easy to understand. Number one, they all speak English. And number two, there's only three choices, <laughs> white beer, the Oktoberfest, and maybe a dark beer or the regular beer. And that's it. And yeah. it's beer for the tent that you're in. So while I was a little bit afraid going in, I loved it. Cause I'm like, it is just so easy. Just drink the goddamn beer. Don't worry about, can I see a beer list? What does this taste like? How many IBUs are in this beer? And what's the alcohol percentage? It's like, just, just drink it. Just drink a fucking beer, you know? Just like, shut up and drink your beer. So- Don't go on ratebeer.com and look up what, how many stars it got. Like something I would do. That's when you start realizing as like beer snob, like I, I think you start realizing as a culture, we've become a little bit beer snobbish. And when you go places like that, you realize like, Wow, we're, we we come off a little pretentious and like it's really a little bit over the top to just drink a beer. Like you don't need fifty choices; just pick a beer. You know? Yeah, you know, like uh, and we all admit it. You know, we'll go into a liquor store in Vermont, and I'll just be sitting there for twenty minutes looking at rate beer and like looking up every single beer I see to see if it's like, oh, does this have like four and a half stars so I can go and pick this up? Is this some weird, crazy beer that no one's ever had before? Yeah, there it's just like yeah, again, three choices. And we realize we have like, we are very, like, I realized too, we're very fortunate. Like I go into these places, you have like 20 or 40 taps and you're like, wow. And you start trying them. Cause you're like, I haven't tried that before. I want to see, you know, but you know, I mean, we're, we're lucky to have that, you know? Wasn't it funny how like 20 taps is like, eh, it's a small amount they have. <laughs> well, honestly, if you look at like 
I went to one place and they had like 20 taps. And if you look at all the big marketed brands, you have Bud, Bud Light, Light Beer, like all like that takes up like 10 or 15 taps right there. You yeah, know? all the shit beer. That's then, why I need to have at least 40. Right. And then you have like, you know, another five beers that are like kind of craft, but depending on what the distributor, you know, but in all honesty, that's what people drink too in mass, you know, mm-hmm. while, while a craft beer is nice, sometimes you can't be pounding a 12, imperial 12% imperial stouts watching a football game. Cause you're only going to make it to the half. If you're lucky. Yeah. If you're lucky. I know somebody that went, she went to um, the Bucks game this weekend and here in Tampa, it's still in the nineties. So it was 90 and it was above 90 and it was sunny and she was friends that started pounding at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Now, everybody got into the stadium. She was, uh, she's doing some challenge at work and she was just drinking water and everybody was, you know, razzing her, she said at first, but you know, after she, she was in the stadium, people stopped drinking. They're like, it's too hot to drink. We are going to die. Oh my God. Not good. <laughs> yeah. I had a problem. Um, not last week, the week before. I was at the uh, USF game and it was a, a noon game against Georgia Tech. It was beautiful out, beautiful and sunny, but it was also 90 something degrees, big humidity. Um, and I was hung over from the night before. I was puking up water. Uh, I almost passed out. It was full on like sun stroke kind of atmosphere. It was bad. That doesn't sound good at all. Yeah. I felt better after the half, but yeah, it was. Whew. Being in that sun, it's tough. Yeah. Could have gone for a non-alcoholic German beer. There you go. Just saying. All right. So the next up we got. Um, so one beer company is ditching the plastic six-pack holders, you know, those rings. Now, as it is, I know when I get them, I always cut them up because you always see the pictures, like the seals with the little ring on them and like all the animals. I <laughs> so I actually cut them up into like little bits and then I put them into the recycling. Um, but I think the recycling, they, they chomp it all up, but it's just so scary to see those pictures that I, uh, I always cut them up. So, um, Carlsberg in UK, um, is actually starting, uh, this week. They're no longer going to come with this, with the six pack rings. Uh, instead they're going to be held together with a new kind of glue. So I guess it's a super sticky, super resistant glue, probably a little bit, uh, flexible and it will glue the cans together. So. It seems pretty cool. Like I love that idea. That's nice. Now is it good? like how can you grip it? I mean, is, it, is there going to be? Uh, that's what I don't know, right? Yeah. Because usually that's why you put the plastic thing on so it holds them together, but you have a little holder to. Unless they're going to just grab it like a football and just, you know, you could grab it by any can or something. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Now, uh, now, what happens if you if you get this glue and you stick it on yourself? Can you like stick to another person? From the wall. You stick to the can. You just stick to the can. It man. All night you got that can. It's not not coming off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's cool because they show like a three pack with the the cans together. But like, yeah, how are you gonna grab the six pack? You gotta hold like a baby and kind of cradle it. Yeah, I guess there's probably different ways. There's the baby cradle, there's the one can. You just grab the the key can and hold that. Mm -hmm. Um there's different ways. It's a new way to hold cans. That's a new science right now. Well, you know what? It's actually a brilliant marketing campaign they can do too. All the different ways to hold the new cans. How do you hold your Carlsberg? Like a baby? Yeah. 
you do the the can grab, you do the, you know, the, I don't know, hold it above your head. Uh, there's different ways. The waiter, you could hold it like a waiter, you know, yeah, up on a little platter. Can, can you just keister it. Key, you can keister it. You could always keister it. That's you know, always are, an option. But do you do one can at a time, the whole thing in one shot? You know, there's a lot of different options. Do you buy it so they're they're um, head to toe so you can keister the whole thing? That that would be the best move, I think. Or you got to do it in threes so that you can you and a, a friend can like bring it into like a stadium or something. Keistered. It's like a javelin. <laughs> <laughs> you keistered six cans, man. I don't, bravo, man. How'd <laughs> <laughs> you keep them cold? I think you got the little shorts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I only want the shorts. That's All good. right. Next up, this one. This one I saw, and this one just this one just reeked of curmudgeoniness. <laughs> but it kind of bothered me, but figured we'd chat about it anyway. So Jim Gaffigan, the comedian, makes the case for beer that tastes like beer. Hell yeah. And he goes on and complains and says, you know, uh, I'm an American male, an overweight American male in my 40s. He's like, he's like, I'm an overweight American who likes beer, not just any beer. I like a quality beer that can help me forget that I'm well, not in my early 40s. A beer preference is personal. At family reunions, my brothers will always make fun of me for liking fancy beer. Jimmy and his fancy beer. As far as I can tell, what makes my beer preference fancy to my brothers is that it requires a bottle opener. But I'm not <laughs> aware. But I'm aware my beer palate is anything but complex. And then he goes on and talks about, you know, oh, there's a taste like avocados and oranges and chocolate. Why can't it just taste like beer? You know, it's I just. Kinda- so in some point, I kind of agree. That's why I, I kind of like the story. I was like, you know, it, it does get out of hand. Like, so now IPAs now, a lot of them are citra IPAs or... What are they calling them? That? Like, what is it like? He's like, oh, there's like a whole new category of IPAs. Is it is it torpedo IPAs or... Oh, know? really? I know oh, it's like the, the citrus oh, one. Oh, Sherbert IPAs, I think. Oh, really? Well, and then there's the Shandies. Like, so now like you have beer... But within beer, there's all these different, like an IPA, there's different types of IPA. Now you have a New England IPA, which is not very hopped. I could still consider that regular in the IP family because it's still made with the regular IPA style. They just do a different process, different hops. But when they start doing like fruit in there, like people will, you know, I like the taste of it, but it's different. You know, it's kind of, you know, I can see the, the, the argument for, yeah, well, while you're brewing stuff that people want to drink, Where's the beer come from? You know, it's kind of like if you go to a pizzeria and you have, they have this amazing pizza with the pizza topping, but you want to have just a plain piece of pizza pie. What if they didn't offer that? You'd be like, I just want a plain piece of pizza. That's pizza. Just saying. I'll, I'll always prefer the pineapple. Give me the, give me the Hawaiian pizza. Give me the Hawaiian. Give me the Hawaiian. I'll have the, I'll have the, the pineapples on there. See, there's two things I rate a pizzeria by when I go in because I'm a I, I consider myself a pizza connoisseur. Oh, Mister Fancy over here! You got to get a regular piece of pizza, plain cheese, and you got to get a pepperoni, and that tells you how the pizza is. And then you get chicken parm, and that settles it for me. Then I know like the level of how they can cook. That that's the rating. That's the I, I want them to combine chicken parm and pepperoni. Chickaroni. Chicken parmaroni. Parmaroni. How good would that be? Yeah, chicken parm with pepperoni. Right. You that. I'm sure you'd be like, 
I want, but the thing is you got to get the pepperoni breaded in with the chicken. Well, I was thinking edible staples and just staple pepperoni to the outside of the chicken parm. How about you make chicken eat the pepperoni before they fry it? <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Even better. Kind of like the Red Bull. Red Bull chicken with pepperoni. Perfect. You jacked up. Pepperoni bits in there. The Red Bull vaporizes the fat content. You could shoot the chicken out of a cannon into a vat of pepperoni, and then whatever sticks, you just fry it in that. Perfect. Or instead of breading, pepperoni. Isn't that what chicken nuggets are? Pepperoni breading. Dehydrate the pepperoni and then rub the chicken in it and then fry it in pepperoni. How about that? That'll give you your pepperoni. (laughs) Put that in your pipe and smoke it. That's right. I like that. I like it. Order that next time. See how much they spit in my food. (laughs) I I was just looking up like IPA styles and all these Jim Gaffigan. (laughs) All these craft beer like breweries like bitching at him are uh, are coming up too. That's funny. Awesome. Hey, you know what though? But like what defines what tastes like beer? You know, it's like, you know, he's a comedian. Look at Lenny Bruce's comedy back in the sixties. It was revolutionary. It was, it changed the game, but is it funny now? Mm, not really. It's kind of at that time, it was very funny because it was groundbreaking, but people have done that style ever since and evolved it and changed it and grew it. So that has evolved and changed. So has beer. What, what classifies beer has changed. So, you know, the old style, it had, again, like your, like your single slice of uh, regular pizza. It has a place. It has a purpose. But doesn't mean it can't evolve and grow as well. I think it's a difference between the normal slalom skiing or giant slalom versus freestyle. Freestyle, do whatever you want. Doesn't mean you can do slalom. They're two different. They all have a purpose, though. Exactly. Yeah. What I'm saying it's, it's great to it's great to have them all. Yeah. So just because you're like, oh, why can't this taste like Natty Light? You know what? Someone likes it. Some some artisan. Now all these funky beers too. It's not like they're just cranked out at some big factory. Most of these are like some sort of brewmaster came up with this, you know insane but possibly brilliant concoction and then they get bought by the big brewery and they just brewery. sell out to constellation for a billion dollars looking at you ballast point you fuckers that's the freaking american dream is it god do the exact same thing aren't you like man this is great and then somebody's like here's a bag of fucking cash i'm out <laughs> if if friggin vale resorts was like we want to purchase your podcast we're like we love vale 300 bucks for a lift ticket's a great price. It was good while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. Right. Man, I will suck your dick. <laughs> that is the most affordable thing you ever did. For an epic pass, man, I will suck your dick. What are you going to do with your life? You're going to ski at Mountain Creek for your rest of life? Come on, man. <laughs> step it up. It's your chance, boy. You got to treat yourself. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy yourself. See? I agree with that. But yeah. So, you know, we all have a price. Some of us is just a little bit lower than others. Well, the argument against that is drink the beer that you like and don't keep switching beer looking for that taste that you like in a regular beer. Like my dad drank for the, his whole, whole entire life, regular Budweiser, not Bud Light, not Bud Ice, not Bud whatever Bud they have, not Michelob, whatever. Not Bud Platinum? Regular goddamn Bud. He went through all the iterations. He was like, I like Bud. I'm going to drink Bud. I'm like, you can't argue with that. He was like, fuck it. I don't, this is the only beer I want to drink. You'd get pissed off if, if he didn't have his Budweiser. That was it. Yeah. By Bud Ice, Bud Light. No, I don't want I don't want anything to do with it. Anything with an IPA, fuck that. He'd be like, nope. <laughs> you know, I, I respect people who can just kind of walk that line. 
but I, uh, I am, I'm one who wants to experiment and taste everything and experience everything. So I, I couldn't be that guy. What happens if you've experienced it and all you want to drink is a sip of sunshine and your son comes home years later, you're sitting in your rocking chair, drinking your sip of sunshine. He's like, Hey dad, I got this new thing that tastes like monkey balls. It's great. Everybody's drinking. You're like, get your goddamn monkey balls. <laughs> Boy, you the goddamn devil. Boy, what you people drinking now? Oh, I'm a sip of sunshine. It's like, but we got new sip of sunshine H2O. It's like, I don't want that shit. I want the regular sip of sunshine. Triple sunshine. Triple sunshine. Quadruple sunshine. We didn't make quadruple sunshine when I was growing up. We didn't have the number five back when I grew up. You boys got too many video games. You thinking out of the box too much. Yep. <laughs> See? It's exactly what's going to happen. Pretty much. So... Well, I'll become Jim Gaffigan one day, apparently, but I'm going to fight that tooth and nail. Yeah. As long I've, as I can. I've seen Jim Gaffigan. I am never going to become like... Friggin' Malorton Tonics all day. Malorton Tonic. Oh, <laughs> I got to try that. Malorton Tonic. That might be the new thing. Well, I was looking up Malort cocktails until I found that ice cream. Yeah. How about like a uh, an old-fashioned with Malort? Malort Oof. fashion. Malort fashion. Or fashion with gin and just and Red Bull. You got to throw Red Bull in everything. Right. Uh, yeah. That's give it a splash of Red Bull. And let it on fire because, you know, Malort. it should taste like burning tires. Why not burning Red Bulls? Malort and Monster. M&M's, baby. M&M's oh, all night. Man. Oh, God. You know how bad that would taste? You got to do the Mango Monster, man. That Mango Monster. And what did I have it with? I had it with the uh, bourbon. Bourbon. Oh, that was great. Dude, I had that mango monster one. Th- the first time I had it was at Killington. I drank it in the gondola and I'm like, this is the best stuff ever. Yep. I got it again about four months ago. And I was like, this tastes like sugar, like just pure sugar. Because at the moment you were like, you're craving it, man. It's what you crave. You know what it is though? <laughs> like it is. I, when, you're, when you're at the mountain, when you're skiing, everything tastes better. That's true. Beers taste better. Monsters taste better. You're on a list. Somebody takes out Malort and they pass it around. You're like, mm, that's great. It warms me up. Nectar of the gods. <laughs> I believe Uller passed this down for us. What do you have on lift? Always have Malort, man. Oh, it's a conversation starter. I never got that's right. What is that horrible tasting thing? Or well, a conversation <laughs> ender. Yeah, I met these guys that are drinking this stuff that tastes like rubber tires, burnt tires. It's great. Alcohol, a conversation starter. Malort, a conversation ender. Right. <laughs> All right, last story. You want to finish this up? Yeah, so researchers from the U.S. and Israel have found evidence of the world's oldest beer making uh, in an Israeli cave. So there's a 13,000-year-old uh, cave that they found, and they found mortars. Um in a Rakfet cave. I have no idea what that is. Uh, near Halifa. And there's saying re- residues confirm that the mortars were used for brewing of wheat and barley uh, as well as for food storage. So they're saying that um, this looks like they were making beer. Uh, so they're saying they're classifying this as the oldest evidence of a brewery uh, where they brewed beer. So Wow. 13,000 years old. That's- they originally said it would be about 5,000, right? Yeah, I mean that's, that's like significant. That's like it's almost triple. Yeah. Oh what? It's a Dave Chappelle. Oh what? So they were saying that it was often done at ritual feasts to honor the dead. Hmm. 
Well, you know, this is where you go back to like, who is the first one that drank wine or drank beer? They're like, you know, let's get this stuff, just chuck it in, in, in the jar and just drink it later. Like that takes a kind of a leap of faith, right? Oh, big time. Well, you wondered too, like, how did it even happen? Did something, was it like they had like a barrel of grain that somehow maybe got water leaked on it. And then they're like, Ooh, this smells really weird. And then some, some brave soul was like, let me give this a try. So think about this way. I take a Red Bull right now. I open it, put it in a jar and leave it in my basement for like 10 years. You know how brave I'd got to be to drink that? (laughs) You know what? That's actually like, yeah. Could you just like somehow ferment Red Bull? I'm sure you can if you have the right yeast in there. It's got sugar. The the yeast eats the sugar and it turns the sugar into alcohol. So that would be a cool experiment. Oh, we can we can expand on this. What about like Red Bull sauerkraut? <laughs> like you can make like sauerkraut with Red Bull. How good would that be? So you get jacked up, you get the probiotics from the sauerkraut, and then you get jacked up from the Red Bull. Now what's the uh the the was it the Korean the um kimchi? Kimchi, Korea, um, Red Bull kimchi, dude. I think I think Red Bull is just being a little too narrow focused on their markets. I they've not embraced food. We did yeah. the red. Did you, did you ever get the Red Bull chocolates in Austria? Uh, no. Me and Andrea got them. They were a little tin. You know, like you press the middle, and like it's got those those um those little oh. edges. I was there when you had them. Yeah, I did have one. It was they were like energy chocolates. They were so good. They weren't super sweet. They were dark chocolate. They were little like triangles. Oh, it was and all dark chocolate. It was it was weird. I was like, I don't taste the Red Bull in there, but it's Red Bull. There was something like crystally in there that kind of got you a little a little jacked, and it was like taurine or whatever they put in there. But yeah, it was really good. Jack is black. Ah, oh, that and the Red Bull cola. Oh, I miss that. That was that so was, good. That was a crystal meth Red Bull in there. Yeah, pretty much. Because you know what? It's, it's all legal over there. Probably could have taken that out and just put it in a pipe smoked it. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> you get your, your uh, chocolate on the spoon and you're like heating it up. <laughs> Can you imagine crystallizing Red Bull and smoking it like crack? That's, that's a possibility too. I'm telling you, I got, I'm writing it down right now. Recipes and things you could do with Red Bull. I like I, the Red Bull sauerkraut idea. I like the sauerkraut idea. And then you feed it to the cows and you get the milk out of it. <laughs> Sauerkraut milk. It all goes back. It all goes back to the cows and the ice cream. <laughs> the Kobe beef, jacked up, drinking oh. Red Bull cows. Beef, milk, and you got ice cream all out of the same thing. Mm. We need a farm. That's this should be part of our highfalutin commune. You think we're, we're best? We're just gonna feed cows Red Bull. <laughs> it's like we're so we'll like videotape it. We'll have like you know like one of those twenty four hour like camera feeds and like we'll be like okay here's us feeding our cows the first time just a big trough of red bull they get so jacked up and i'll just die the first night oh my god it's like 20 dead cows (laughs) they'd shut us down (laughs) holy crap they'd probably just like ah i don't know i don't know what they would do would they fart themselves to death like (laughs) i mean cows are pretty gassy like what, what would happen as long as you give them good, like feed, like I think they'd be all right. Organic. I think uh, I think organic. the Red Bull would just they would just be so jacked up. Like, would they even know what to like? Would their bodies even know what to do with all that caffeine and sugar? So if they were jacked up, I think we could start cow racing because <laughs> they'd be like running fast. This is the fastest cow alive. <laughs> It'd be a whole nother breed of like thoroughbred cows, <laughs> right? Raised on Red Bull, 
race on Red Bull. Ooh, we got to reach out to Red Bull because this episode has turned into Red Bull Central. Yeah, we are not sponsored by Red Bull at all. Of course, if you do want to sponsor us, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We got some ideas. Damn, I like it. Like why like Red Bull cooking show on the Red Bull channel. Just everything with Red Bull. Just everything. Red you know, Bull yogurt. It's kind of like dosing your family with like weed. You could do it with Red Bull too. Like, yeah, I can make like a whole cake, like have people over and like, oh, it's like Red Bull frosting. Like, oh, what'd you cook with? No, nothing. Just I want to see people just get all jacked up. Like if you have one of those Instapots, could you use Red Bull to make yogurt? Absolutely. Why not? Probably, right? They do Coca-Cola meatballs. Why can't you do Red Bull like meatloaf or meatballs, right? Just Red say, Bull meatloaf. Yeah. But see, with Red Bull, you got to pick the right flavor. There's the regular Red Bull, and then there's the other flavors. Like, Yeah, I think we got to keep... Well, I mean, eventually we can delve into other... I think we got to keep it the pure, the standard. Let's say at Thanksgiving, you're making cranberry sauce from real cranberries. What do you put in as an additive? The Red Bull cranberry. The Red Bull Red. So I'm saying. You just subtly mm. get it in there. Interesting, yeah. Carrie's Jubilee, throw a little Red Bull in there. Thanksgiving dinner, everyone's got red. Everything's got Red Bull in it. You're, using, you're blending in your mashed potatoes. You're blending in some Red Bull. Before you fry that turkey, you're injecting it with Red Bull. Oh, the brine. Yeah. You could brine it in Red Bull. Oh, you do the injection. You know, they inject the, uh, the turkeys now. Yeah, yeah. Red Bull in there. No, but imagine brining the turkey with Red Bull, then frying it. Boom. That would be, that could be amazing or Magical. disgusting. Magical. Magical for somebody. I don't know. Red Bull. Seriously. Can you guys send us like three cases and so we can just experiment with it? I want to cook with Red Bull. Like I want to have like a, I think we could develop a whole ski cooking show. Yeah. Go on that. Like think about cooking at the ski house with Red Bull. Yeah. We're all just like jittery, jittery and like all like, like cracked out like the whole time. Like tweak. tweak. (laughs) It's another South Park reference. Wow. Why hasn't Red Bull made um, coffee? Red Bull soup. <laughs> just like warm Red Bull with like a matzo ball in it. Like French onion with the cheese on top. Just... <gasps> oh, dude. Could you imagine just frying up onions, dumping some Red Bull in there and then putting cheese on top? How about Red Bull cheese? Why couldn't you mix like they, they put like... Well, we have the cows. We're going to use yeah. our cows to make the cheese. Red Bull cows with cheese. Oh, yeah. the cheese. We forgot about that. No, we didn't. I was just, I just said Cheese, yogurt, ice cream, and milk. Yeah. Red Bull in it. Yeah. Even the cows mask on as a Red Bull. God, I can't wait to see what these cows are going to react. Like They're just going to be... There are going to be some scary-ass cows. i tell you that right now. <laughs> some scary... Hey, and for Halloween, you can have like a haunted hayride with just fucking cows. They would scare the shit out of everyone. You got to sign a waiver to go on that haunted hayride. Definitely a waiver. We do not. We cannot be held responsible for whatever happens. You might get like gnawed by a cow because those those things would be almost rabid. I think. I just think about that that one old Simpsons episode when they gave the uh, the cows tobacco. It was like tobacco and tomatoes combined. Awesome. The cows were all jacked up. Where is the tobacco in our life? Tobacco. Yeah. How about the weed tomato? The weed ato. Yeah. It's got to come out. Somewhere, somewhere, somebody's going to do it in some lab. Yeah. Well, you know, that is a good uh, segue into the next segment. Let's get into the Genjula. The first story. Actually, you take the first one since I, uh, the yeah, second one's a little more relevant to me. 
with a lot to talk about. So uh, Forbes is reporting that cannabis sales are booming in a state that knows how to regulate vice. And we are talking about the place that we uh, all love to go with, but nobody can find the pictures of it. We're talking about Vegas, Nevada. Um, Not Vegas, Nevada, but Vegas and Nevada. So uh, Nevada, Nevada has cannabis sales booming. And they're saying that it has contributed nearly uh, $425 million. Um, well, the dispensary sold nearly $425 million worth of recreational marijuana and contributed about $70 million of that in tax revenue. So in the- 70 first, million? 70 million in the first full year of recreational sales. Wow. So the expectations, um, you know, it's it, it exceeded the state- um, revenue expectations of 265 million. So they thought like they were going to sell 265. They sold 425 and, and that's why they had such a big boost of like extra tax revenue come in because they totally underestimated. Um, I believe, you know, and we've been talking about this. I think every state's going to realize they probably oversold because states haven't legalized it yet. So when in Vegas, I mean, when in Nevada, hell yeah. I mean, it's, you're out there to watch a uh, a night hockey game. You're staying for that show. I'm just saying. Could you imagine? Did you you watched the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? When you saw how like the Knights had this that ridiculous introduction. While it was good the first time you see it, when you keep seeing it, you're like, all right, this is ridiculous. Now this is a hockey game. The first time I saw it, I because I had I watched the Penguins game and then the Knights game was on after that, and I had no idea they were going to do this. I remember like, like having the TV on and just kind of doing whatever and seeing that. And I'm like, is this really happening? <laughs> is this? But it's cool the first like one or two times you see it. And then when they do it every game, you're like, all right, there's a little much. Like, the guys- you know what? They're going to keep pushing that. They're going to get even more and more ridiculous. Well, here's the thing. Because it was so like so light, I think more teams are going to start doing shit like that. Like, Unfortunately, that's like the first team to have a mascot. And everyone else got a mascot. Right. Philly, they're going to bring like Santa Claus out and everybody's going to throw snowballs, you know, just to kind of... They're going to have Krampus as their mascot. It's <laughs> 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 like chucking batteries at fans. Chucking, they're going to give out batteries and they have rum ham like at the concession. Rum ham! Oh, man, Philly. Yeah, we have no love for Philly. Oh, God. It'll be Philly. great. Like Philly, like philly.com, like just visitors philly says like we want to sponsor your podcast i love philly at that point dude seriously it's always sunny in philadelphia is one of the greatest shows ever made i love that show uh i can't it's been on for like 15 years i think something ridiculous like that watch it in the last few years though like i always watch reruns oh like there was there was like i forget what it was like season like six or seven like it was just perfect it was just brilliant the one when mac got fat i forget which that was the one with the rum ham that that season I like the rum ham. I like where they go to the public pools <laughs> and Danny DeVito has the scratch fight with somebody. He's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> God. Oh, it was horrible. Like the horrible. first, the first green man episode where like they're trying out for the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. But anyway, so yeah, the, I mean, it's amazing. Cause you know, you can go to, to to Vegas and you can go shoot assault rifles. You can go drive a 700 horsepower car. Like there's so many insane things you can do there. And now it's becoming this, um, this cannabis destination, you know, and 
you thing, know, it's, a, it's almost it's like, like how Amsterdam and Denver, Denver kind of became that in a way, but yeah. it's like a real, it, it's just like another thing to do. Well, Vegas brings all together. It's like kind of crazy. Like there's everything like, well, they know how to like dress it up and market it and like make it an experience. That's like, that's what you go to Vegas for. You know, you can go get booze it up anywhere. You can go see a show anywhere, but the way Vegas packages everything is what makes it so attractive. They make things almost too accessible though. Cause I saw a video of a, of like a bachelor party where they went out and they were shooting like a, a whatchamacallit, a, a bazooka. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's great. It's kind of like, it's a little too easy to say, Hey, I got some money. Like, let me shoot a bazooka right now. Dude, how, it, it can't be that far down the road where they're going to be like, Hey man, for like a hundred grand, you can kill this guy. Like it's like there's a bum. We got a bum. We're gonna put him in a cage. Yeah. You guys could kill him. Dude, that's the next step. Right? Am I like is that is that, yeah, that crazy? Game, whatever they're gonna hunt like humans, like most dangerous was yeah. it most dangerous game, whatever? Was that ice tea? They have some fucked up island where they're gonna hunt people. I mean, that's crazy shit, man. Dude, there's not gonna be an island. It's gonna be Vegas. Where does it end? It's also known as Thailand, which happens now. Thailand. <laughs> Like it's crazy. Like shit that happens elsewhere is like fucked up and it's just getting closer and closer to that. I, I can definitely see within the next 10 years, maybe let's call it 20 years. They're going to have a thing in Vegas where you can hunt humans or you can like go to a shooting range and have like, they'll be like, you can pick for a hundred thousand dollars. You and your party gets one hobo you can shoot at. And he's like a hundred yards away. They like sign a waiver, get some cash sent to their family and just, that's it. I'm out. Just, it's fucked up. Honestly, with some of these murder suicide people, I wish they would have done that. Just sign up to like, just do that. Just seriously, right? A bunch of people just sign up and, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's a horrible thing, but you know, if you look back in time, 200 years, think about ladder game. What's that? Gladiator games. What was that about? It was, that's all it was, man. It's crazy. Natural instincts. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before we go back to that. You know, we like to think we're so evolved and, you know, we're really, I think all this, this, uh, what would you call it? Um, sophistication and modernity and um, there's, uh, I'm missing the word. We're just a bunch of primates slinging doo-doo at each other. That's all we are, man. It's horrible. But we're putting this 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 horrible veil of sophistication and you know that we we think we're or society wants us to think we're we're not what we are. Yeah. And that's what's making everybody so crazy. When you look at like look at like Fight Club, you know, look at that book or that movie. You know, that's what it is. You have this corporate job, you go and you do this miserable soul sucking, you know, thing every single day when really there's this, just this warrior inside you, this, this gladiator, this, this hunter inside you who's trying to get free. Yeah. But people are even hiding it now. Think about like kids. We have to, because you gotta be, cause you have fucking HR everywhere, you know, and you have everyone online who wants to shame everybody else. And they're like, oh, do you see what this person said? Did you see what they said and what they did? It's so terrible. But it's not even that like like people are playing video games now and they have avatars and now the avatars can be anybody they want. It's like their fantasy world and they think they can be and then they go out in the real world and they're duds. It's like, well, some dude just got in trouble. Some guy who was like on a on a Fortnite. He was like some older guy harassing some kid. He's like, I'm going to come down to your house and fuck you up. And it's some like fat 50 year old like loser. (laughs) I would love to see the people. 
that talk shit in Fortnite, like in real life, like, cause half of them would be like, yeah, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. They set up this persona that is not really them. It's like, you know, it's there is. To have a release, but you got to release from something. And the problem is they don't have that something to have a release from because they're not developed as people. It's fucked up, man. Yeah. 45 year old man arrested after threatening to kill a child. Good. Yeah. Fuck Good. this guy. What a fucking creepy douchebag. Well, it's funny. Like when I got on Xbox, when I first got on, uh, I was playing video games with my brother because he was down in Florida and I was up in New Jersey. And I was like, you know, it was kind of cool. He played video games. I played video games. They're like, let's play Halo. It was back in the Halo days. This dates me now. Halo and Destiny. Um, and we would play and we would talk online. And we started, you know, we let, you know, we were public. So like people can come in and you're talking to your whole party. And after a while, there's like people like, hey, man, I see you're on, uh, you're online. I'm like, yeah, I'm online playing a game. I don't want to fucking play a game with you. Like it was like, you start friending people and they're like, Oh, what do you, and then I'd get alerts. Like so-and-so is watching something on Netflix. I'm like, I don't really want to know this shit. <laughs> so then I made it where like, nobody could talk to me except for my brother. And my brother did the same thing. And it was cool. We'd play. Nobody could talk to us. We we're just talking the whole time. But I'm like, it's creepy when you start letting other people talk. Like it's, it's pretty fucked up. Wait, this guy, 45 year old man, and he was threatening to kill an 11 year old kid. Like what a scumbag douche. So he says, he goes, I'm going to find you with a gun. You dead. I will come to your house tonight and fuck your world up. That's fucked up, man. All because of a stupid freaking video game that this game. Yeah. Oh, what an, what a loser. But you know what I love about that? When you do the public thing, you can talk a bunch of shit. Nobody knows where you're at. Yeah. But now I think they could see your, like, if you let them, you can show them where you are with GPS and everything. It's, everything has like a location sensor now. It's crazy. That's a horrible idea. Yeah. yeah. I love how people are like, yeah, I'm off the grid, man. <laughs> I'm like, you have a cell phone, right? <laughs> like, yeah, seriously. You got credit cards. You're not off the grid. Every, you know, they could turn your cell phone on and listen to what you do. <laughs> like, you are not off the grid, man. But doesn't it all make, doesn't it, when you hear about these guys, like there was an article we talked about a couple years ago about that ski patroller guy who lives in the Wasatch kind of between Snowbird and that's a baller. Like yeah. he just, he built his own little cabin. No one knows where it is, but him. Like right. he's just, he is literally off the grid instead of just being one of these, just yeah, like you read about this shit, you know, these people like this, this, this grown ass man, harassing this little kid you know like you're like is this is this really what we've evolved to well i think the problem is people get so engrossed in it because they're doing it all the time because their regular jobs and lives suck yeah but they never take a step back and say how do i look to the rest of the world am i being my best self like if you never take a step back and say i mean i look at myself every day and i'm like yeah there's a lot of moments i wasn't my best self you know but at least I, I have that reality. People never look at that and they just think they're being this person that they should be. And it's just, it's, it's fucked up. They're down on this crazy, crazy ride. You know, Dude, I think about that every single moment with this, my little son, you know, like I'm, I have to, I have to, I mean, I try to be this person that I would want him to emulate and, you know, be inspired by. And I, I think about it all the time. So that's why, you know, I, I love doing this podcast and why I say by the time he's in school, I will not be at a full-time job. This will be my full-time job because I want him to see someone who had an idea and a vision and worked hard to make it a reality. 
and not to give up and not to just sell your, your entire life out to a corporate job that you hate every single moment. You hate commuting to, you hate everything you do there. When you actually follow your passion and follow your dream and keep fighting and make it happen. That's what I'm, that's why I do this. And that's why I want to make this a success because I want to show him that I, that it is possible. And it's also about what you love. You love skiing. You love doing this. Like you wouldn't do this if it didn't, you know what I mean? Like exactly. It's a, it, you know, it, it, this doesn't just happen overnight. Like we don't just we do put this together in two minutes and just do it. You know, we actually put some research into this, you know, this whole new branding and website It's taken weeks and weeks and months of my life that I could be doing other things with, but I, I love it. I love it and I care about it and I want it to be something that other people enjoy and care about too. So that's why we do it. It's not just for the Red Bull sponsorship. That's going to give us ski bum podcast at gmail.com. Come on, Red Bull. Going to give us everything we want and all the ski trips that we want. You know, it's not that it's, it's the connections we make in representing Red Bull. That's really going to help. Dude. And that's what makes this so much fun. What makes it even more fun is that, you know, I went to, we've talked about it last week. I went to that ski.com party and just chatting with people about why we do the podcast, what we talk about, talking to like-minded people. You know, like when we go to, to resorts, we go skiing, we talk to people on the lifts and the gondolas at the bars at Apre. You just talk to people and you have, you, you just find some really have that, that they have that appreciation that you have. It's great. You yeah. Know? You, you find these like-minded people who are like, yep, it's 12 degrees out and it's, you know, nuke and snow and we're all out here together. You know, it's, it's awesome. And it's a camaraderie that you don't find in other places. You don't find them at the shopping mall. I went to the mall for the first time and I don't even know how many years. And I was like, Oh my God, I hate this fucking place. <laughs> this place could just be set on fire tomorrow. And I would not feel anything because this is horrible. Like I looked at, yeah, I go so rarely that I think I'd, I'd kind of be like, Oh, that's cool. Look, there's some stuff here I could buy and there's some stuff and I'd like it. But then after a while, I'd be like, I, I got to get out of here. My energy's drained. I just got to get out of this fucking place. Oh my God. It sucks your soul. And then like the music that's playing, you're like, if I had to hear this shit music all day long, I would jump out the window. That's where you notice everybody that's in there. They're wearing earbuds. <laughs> Seriously. The employees, you know? It, man. It's brutal. People wear earbuds everywhere. Isn't that funny? Because they don't hear other people's shitty music. I understand, man. The gym, the, the music they play at my gym. Like, I don't know if you guys, if you have a uh, serious radio, I think it's channel three, one of those low channels. It's called Venus. And it's all like the pop. It's like pop music. Yeah. Pop music. You love pop music, don't you? It it is some of the most it's like it's again, the music you hear at the mall. Like if you see a car coming, it's got a really stupid exhaust and look has those ridiculous like stunted or um stanced tires where they're at that angle. Don't you? If you have this if you have a stupid car. And you know, like, the music is really yeah. loud. Don't watch. Have those. It's that shit music that comes out of those cars. That's the music they play in that station at my gym. If you had a McLaren, you'd have those stunted tires, wouldn't you? Well, obviously, it gives you better handling. Dude, I saw a McLaren. Oh, it's fucking quite damn those things. It's like seeing a unicorn. It's magical when you see one in live. I saw one last week in the city. I was in New York, and we were in the parking garage. They had friggin' two Teslas and a McLaren. Holy shit! Was it a restaurant or something? No, it was, um, it was like, uh, I guess it's all like be considered like meatpacking district or West village. So uh, it's like re- that residential area over there off the West side highway. So it's just like a baller parking garage. Like I think it was 800 bucks a month to park there. Oh, I could see that. Could you imagine 800 bucks a month just to park your stupid car that probably cost you $2,000 a month for a lease 
and probably cost you a thousand bucks a month in insurance. So you're at almost three grand a month just for your car. That is baller, my friends. Benjamin Franklin, you know your friends. You know them, your friends. I don't think the rent is or their mortgage is if that's the, what they're paying for their car. I don't think they're sitting with their financial advisor working out a mortgage on that. Dude, I think about this shit every day. If I had if I had that three thousand bucks a month, I would be living in Vermont somewhere. Paying yeah. that, that my mortgage and my food payments for the month. With this, slugging it out, being the biggest douchebag they can. God, get get that paper. Get more and more, more stuff. Buy the new iPhone. The new uh, Apple Watch is coming out. Get that new Apple Watch. Right. Get that new iPhone. That other Breitling's gonna, not going to buy itself. <sighs> Just buy that that new yacht. Yeah. Ah, fucking yachts. Don't even start with yachts. Yacht to yurt. I'm I'm seriously considering like if I could like get rid of the like any place on land and live on a fucking ball yacht. Can you imagine how great that would be? Well, you could do a houseboat where you are. I'm not even talking houseboat. I'm talking yacht, yacht. I'm just going to drive that shit everywhere. Get my my captain's license. Like, woo, I'm going out. <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad move. You could like drive someone else's yacht like a couple days a year because they're always doing other stuff and like just live on it the rest of the year. I had an uncle that had a uh, a shop where he did, you know, the... um the canvas tops and everything. And he did like seats and everything. So it was like a whole sewing shop. He would like make all the shit and he did it for years. Uh, but he was always like a sailor captain. Always he lived on like had boats and he lived on, you know, with a, uh, he lived in Shirley, uh, Long Island, which, um, they had, he had like the, the boat docked right behind his house and stuff like that on a channel and stuff. And then he moved down to Florida and he got his big captain's license. So he can captain yachts and stuff. He would go out. He captained, a few yachts, I think it was like five or six yachts he had, and they would be like, oh, we need to go out on these dates. And they would give him the dates and be like, all right, sure. He'd leave his shop, he'd let somebody run it or close up shop, and he'd go for a week, be like, yeah, these people want to go to Caribbean or whatever, ride them around. And then when he wanted to take out the boat, he'd be like, I'm going to take a yacht out. Anyone go with me? Just fucking let's go. I got to test it for seaworthiness. Boom. Got it. That's pretty awesome. It was freaking awesome, but... You know, and he went for schooling and he got his license and stuff like that. I'm like, that's not a, you know, if you like the water and stuff, that's not a bad life, man. Yeah. Where I live is a lot of people who do, um, <clears throat> there's, you know, since we're not far from the beach, there's a lot of people who do, you know, nautical things, you know, you're working at, right there. Yeah. yeah, you're working on boats or, you know, um, you're captaining them or yeah, there's a lot of like marine jobs in this area, which is pretty cool. Storage, just anything. It's like crazy. Like the amount of money that goes into that. Dude, there's so much required to keep a boat, you know, just, I mean, not just even like your harbor fees and your gas, like the amount of maintenance to keep it running and keep it clean, to winterize it. Like it's crazy, especially up here because down by you, you don't have to winterize it. Obviously you can just keep it in the water all year. That's why you never own a boat. You know, people with the boat and you always pay for gas and food. <laughs> That's true. Be the guy, bring the six pack. <laughs> you gotta be the best guest ever because you'll get invited back every time. Those are the best friends and relatives to have. Those people with a pool and a boat. Well, you know, people that have boats, like it's a, it's a shit ton of work. And you know, it's funny, like my cousin has one and he, we, we, he takes people out and they're like, okay, thanks for being on the boat. See you later. They don't pay for anything. They don't like, it's like, you know, they chip in for gas and that's it. And it's like, and then they leave. It's like, you know, he has two hours of work, like cleaning that fucking boat after. You got to hose it down and everything. So I'll help him and it'll get done in an hour, you know, and we'll do it all. Always invites me out. And I'm like, yeah, because none of these deadbeats, 
you know, know what it is to like actually have to maintain a boat or something, you know, it's crazy. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of work, New Jersey legislation, since we're still in the gondola. Oh yeah. That's right. New Jersey. They're saying rumor is they're about 98% about ready to pass cannabis legalization in the garden state. Who what? Yes, indeed, sir. How many weeks are we talking? 10 weeks, half a month. Uh, that's dangerous to say because our governor said within 100 days it was going to be legal, which is the only reason I voted for him because I thought he was going to be, I thought a politician was going to be true to their word. 500 uh, days later. Uh, uh, so stupid. Again and again. The rent is too damn, I should vote for the rent is too damn high party guy again. <laughs> Um, so anyway, they're saying it's 98% done. Scott Rudder, who heads the New Jersey Cannabis Association, a trade group of aspiring marijuana growers, cultivators, retailers, and related businesses, said the major holdup is whether to impose a 25% tax on retail marijuana sales right away or start with a lower tax rate that escalates that level over several years. So what there, there's two different... There's kind of two different schools of thought right now. Uh, and the governor who already said he will pass it no matter what is letting them kind of figure it out, letting the, the state Senate figure it out. And one of the proposals is that they want to start it out at a low tax rate at 10% because they want to flush out any sort of, um, they, they don't, they don't want it to the black market to still have the power that's so they're amazing. thinking by having a lower tax rate, they, they'll be able to just kind of squash out the, the black market sellers off the bat and then have it raise over a couple of years. So go from like 10 to 15 to 20 to 25 over four years. Plus, they'll be able to compete with states like Massachusetts that's legalizing. Just saying. True. But the thing is, to yeah. get from Jersey to Mass is a good two-hour drive, even if you're at the closest spot in Jersey. Yeah, maybe a little bit less, but still. Um, so it, it's really, it's, it's, if it's 10%, if it's 25%, people are going to pay, you know, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. I think isn't, isn't Colorado 30% or 35%? It, it could be like cigarettes. It could be like 80%. Like people are still going to pay it. Yeah. If it means you're not going to get busted, you know what you're going to get. You're getting something clean. That's pure. You're people not going to pay some crap like why would you not like then don't do it if you can't afford it don't do it yeah you know yeah they're they're saying it's going to vote on the 27th of september so next week so hopefully they get that all kind of figured out and they get it get it pushed through um but yeah it's looking like uh huh, the green light on this wow they're green light now when when does uh so massachusetts is the closest to jersey right that's going to legalize. It is legalized. It's just no dispensaries are open yet for recreational, which is wild. Right. So they did that whole like shim sham, like, Oh yeah, it's legal, but you can't buy it anywhere. It was supposed to be January 1st and they pushed to July 1st. And now they're still waiting for all these licenses to go through so that the places can actually open. But you can grow your own, right? Like in, I think in mass you can. Yeah. In so Vermont now, you can too. So now if they green light it in Jersey and you're allowed to grow it, they're having problems like opening the dispensaries. Boom. Right behind you, I'm seeing cannabis is what I'm picturing in my future. 
Could you picture? Wouldn't that be awesome? Just like a whole bunch of trees in the in the background, a bunch of plants, little monkeys jumping through the trees, and <laughs> like frogs flying, like whatever whatever happens with weed and tropical things going on. Toucans. I don't know. Hopefully, it grows as well as our tomatoes did this year because we were just we were flushing yeah. tomatoes all summer. You gotta do the weed tomatoes, man. You gotta do the weed tomato. You yeah, cross hybrid. You gotta put them right next to each other. Let them. We actually have watermelons growing right now in our garden. Nice. Look at you, like a farmer. We had cantaloupes. Well, your dad has a, your mom and dad have like a big piece of. They had a pretty serious garden. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're, they're super into that. If anybody can grow weed, your mom. My mom. Well, she's the one who was eating those three hundred milligram mangoes a couple of months ago. She can grow a shitload of weed because like she's got a green thumb. Like it's great when I see people like that that have like a whole knack for that. I'm like, I'm impressed. I'm in awe. You know what? I was actually weeding last weekend for like probably a good hour and a half to two hours. And it's just so, you know, going back to what we talked about before, you know, just something that's has nothing to do with computers or just posting stupid pictures and, you know, trolling and shit posting. I was out there just yanking weeds out and I have this giant pile, but it was so therapeutic just being out and just doing something that was analog. That was natural. It was, it was fun. It was rewarding. Now, if you posted that, you could start a whole trend of people weeding. That's true. I don't think so. It's the weed challenge. It's, it's not a very, it's not a very, uh, pounds of weeds can you pull out of the ground? Dude, I have, you should see the pile I pulled up. It's freaking ridiculous. It's absolutely disgusting. And I was all bit up with bugs, like mosquito bites. It was gross. It was awful. But again, I actually felt good after I did it. So I ate key lime pie. You know, there you oh, go. nice. You know, myself. Is you have soil, you have dirt. Like, when was the last time most people have taken their shoes off and had their their bare feet touch grass? Dude, I can just think about a year ago when we were living in Hoboken, how different our life was. Yeah, so I mean, like, as an adult, like, because I used to run around like whatever backyard, everything. Like, when do you walk around barefoot? Like, people do it at the beach, but like, if you're not at the beach, when are you doing it? It's crazy. It's it's a missed opportunity. It is kind of a beautiful feeling. I go full on buck naked, like around twelve o'clock at night around this place. I just buck naked around the whole place. So watch out for the fire ants if you're you're rubbing your your schlong on something. Snakes. <laughs> God damn. Oh, dude, snakes will see that that little rascal and just go yeah. for it. You want a mate? They're always like, "Oh, what's up, man? How Looks you like it's a mole. What's going on, bro?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're the junkies too. You got to watch out in the corner. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want that action. I too, like, man, that will suck that thing. Toothless. <laughs> For a vile <violent> crack. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, that wraps up our trip to the gondola. And now, the reason why you're all here. Let's go to Ski News. Boom. So Mario, kick us off. All right, so Powder Magazine, they have that whole new trailer section, which I love, um, actually helped us from creating it because we, we had the conception, but we're like, it's a lot of work. So it's good that Powder Magazine does it for us where they have their, they call it the Trailer Park, which I love the name. And that is awesome. All the, all the ski trailers for the upcoming season right there. So what just dropped in, and Brian, I think you got a tweet from this, right? Like you got an alert that... Um, there's a new trailer for uh, two-time free ride world champion uh, Eva Walkner and extreme verbia champion Jackie Passo 
that dropped. I don't know which one it is. I think it is Faces, Face of Winter. Is it the Warren Miller or is it the Tanner Hall one? I'm not sure which one. I'm not sure which one it is. Because when I clicked on the link that they texted out to you, it took me to the, it was either the Tanner Hall one or the Faces of Winter. So I'm not sure which one they're in. But I just started watching them. I'm like, I started just going down the list. I got to watch the rest of these because I'm like getting a little excited for the whole ski season. Also, I'm getting a little depressed and a little anxious because I got to book some shit. Dude, yeah, that face is a winner. Just seeing all that Warren Miller footage, it gets me kind of, it gets you sad, but inspired and excited as well. Oh, I see what it is. Ever Walkner and Jackie, uh, Evolution of Dreams. That's the one. Duh, it says it in the uh, thing. So Evolution of Dreams is the the one that they were talking about. Okay, Evolution of Dreams. So that is, uh, is that on that page? Yes, it's the second one down. As soon as we oh, under- duh. all right, there we go. These dreams, and it looks pretty cool. It has like, like really cool footage, really cool music. Like the trailer, like gets you jacked up for it. So yeah, um, I saw the walkway they're going across the peaks on. Yeah. It's oh cool. my god. So I love them because they get you all so pumped up. It's like, oh. and actually, like you know, it's it's fun. Like when you start talking to friends that don't ski, you're like. You know, you don't ski like, you know, or you have skied in the past and, you know, you never, what I love is when people have, have tried to ski, right. And they've gone to high school and they've gone like with friends or whatever, and they fall down the mountain. Everybody does that. But when you start seeing a movie that actually inspires you to want to go out and ski, mm-hmm. like that's like between the music and like the big movie, because they don't make big movies for just skiing. Like that's why we have this ski crack movie that we're looking at. That is just like, wow. Now I want to go out and ski right now. You know, Dude, I watched my first full viewing of apocalypse snow last week. Oh, I love that. got to do the marathon. <laughs> got to do it, man. One, two, three. It's so funny. You look at the views. I think the first one has like a hundred, a hundred thousand something views. The second one has like 20,000. <laughs> the third one probably has like 4,000. It's a big drop off. But uh, the first one, I mean, it's so terrible, but so awesome at the same time. Well, three had the, um, which I love about three, had the, uh, it was the uh, river raft. They had the, the inflatable raft. And I thought it was the second one where they had like the football and everything. That was, it was weird though. That's what. It was what, very was weird. The second one. Yeah. It was like the uh, wide world of sports on skis. Yeah. It was weird. I don't think I remember the third one. Yeah, I can't say that I do. I remember <laughs> the first one and maybe the second one. Yeah. But the first one is just, I mean, it's just classic. Yeah. Interceptor. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> All the music. The music is so awesome. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's, that's why my- I love like, so there's a lot of people out there. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you just happen to come along it and you actually stayed to this point of the podcast thank you so much thank you so much but i tell you what you're you're welcome you're you're about to enter a world if you've just come in for the first time of amazement i tell you what you got to watch these trailers you gotta you gotta like just see it because seeing is believing why do you think people want to play football because they see it on tv why do people want to cook because they see somebody cook some really cool stuff on tv you know what you don't see the big skiing. You don't see like the zen of skiing until you see like trailers and you see movies like this. And this is what you should seek out because I tell you what, 
It makes you feel great. And I, it gives you a connection with, with the universe and, and the earth. It's great. And other people that are like that, you know, it's a really cool community. Yeah. Being bored, you know? Well, it's cool when you go to the, the, the viewings too of the movies yeah. and you know, everyone is, cause they usually happen in like October or November, you know, right on the cusp like of when people are starting to ski and there's just like this energy that, that all these people have where everyone is just so everyone's watching this footage and there's just, you know, you watch it and you're kind of putting yourself in the people in the movies place. You know, you're like, what would I have done if I was in that spot at that time? Would I have gone left? Would I gone right? Would I have hit that air? Would I have jumped? Would I have flipped? You know, it's just, that's what these movies do. They put you in those magical places that you may never get to ever in your life. And you sit in awe. You're like, that's amazing. They're doing the stuff that I wish I could do in my head. Mm -hmm. It it just seems so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a special thing. So that season's coming up, you know, the trailer um, trailers are out and most of those movies all have their, their dates scheduled already. So, you know, go to the, their websites and check them out and make sure you get out there. Yeah. The events are a lot of fun. They give shit away. There's like, you connect with people, they talk, like everybody has a story. They're like, oh, you've never been out to such and such place that I went. And everybody has their favorite place and they'll just start telling you a story about where they went. It's, it's great. Because if you ever go there, you're like, I remember this person told me about this place and wow, it is really pretty cool. You know, like it's, it's, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Everybody's always willing to help out in this like community, which is great. Yeah. So, like, trying to give you good advice, you know, like not putting anybody on. So it's kind of, it's real. It's cool. Yeah. It's a fun community. So we're doing that audio, audioly, audibly. Audi- audibly. Audi- we're trying to build our own little community here and have our freezing man festival. Audibly. Can we put Red Bull in the audio? <laughs> if they sponsor us, bro. We can do that, man. So, Mario just mentioned kind of keeping it independent. The kings of independence, Wolf Creek. Wolf Creek. So they're so they're saying this article is from the Colorado Sun. At the height of the ski pass war, Wolf Creek, with its seventy dollar lift ticket, remains defiantly independent. Nice. So they are currently the largest resort in the West that is not on one of the big icon or veil epic ski passes wolf creek their motto should be you can take that lift ticket from my cold dead hand that's right so wolf creek is a 1600 acre snow magnet is the largest skier in the west that's not signed a deal um and they're doing a lot of construction there you know they're they're working on a new lift they're trying to keep it um they're they're having like a whole like backcountry checkpoint. So if you go to the top and you're going to be going at the gate to the backcountry, they're actually going to do checkpoints. Make sure you have all of your gear. You know how to use it. It's um it's got a very different attitude towards skiing. There was a there was talks they were trying to get some condos built on the mountain. They rejected it. They didn't want any part of it. They don't they don't want to be the typical kind of Vail resort where you have all the fancy nonsense crap. People hanging out, not skiing. They are the hardcore skiers mountain and they want to keep it that way. Out of here. That's Reasonable prices, great snow, you know, they're, um, it's, it's very unique. And again, we you know, we talked about selling out. We're happy to do it, but they're one of the places that they're, they're not doing that. They're sticking to their guns. But the, 
the beauty of it is that's why you'll you'll make a special trip and you'll go pay the money to go there because like because it is like untouched and it's not veilized, you know? Yeah, I mean it's a bit of a pain in the ass to get to, which is, you know, part of the charm of it too. That makes but, it- and yeah, 70 bucks for a pass. I mean, yeah. Think about when's the last time you bought a single day pass somewhere and what did it cost? Yeah, it's a lot of money. Usually 90, 100 bucks. Yeah. I mean, isn't Vail like $715 now for a uh, a daily pass? That's for a half day pass. Somewhere, oh, it's a half day pass. Somewhere around there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, Wolf Creek, that's on our list because Nick, shout out to Nick. That's where his. That's his home out there. So yeah, we got to make a trip talk out. about it every year and it's, it yeah. has to happen. Let's, let's set up some dates and just do it. We got to do it. Seriously. Um, and just hope on the weather, you know, that's the thing. Everybody, everybody says, Oh, I want to do a trip, but I don't know if it's going to be good snow. You know, what? you, you're going to do a trip. You want to come down to, um, the, uh, you know, the West coast of, of Florida and they got the red tide. You never know what's going to happen. It's all luck of the draw. That's how life is, right? Yep. Got to go all the time. That's it. You just got to keep going. <laughs> all right. So with that, Magic Mountain, which was rated one of the best places to ski last year by a lot of magazines, right? I think, I think On the Snow rated it the greatest resort ever <laughs> on the planet. Which I've heard it's awesome. They, they actually had the, um, the scan pass like years before like a lot of places had it. I think Killington's just getting it this year, right? The, um, they are, yeah. Like the RFID pass or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they have a whiteout pass, and they're saying, um, so New Year's break, MLK, Presidents Week, all those times are a rough time to find deals. But at Magic, they created a pass which focuses on skiing at those times, um, where a lot of places are blacked out, which we know from Killington and Mount Snow. Um, they call it the whiteout pass. So. And it's good for just the holiday periods. So it's pretty cool. They're doing the opposite of what everybody does. Rather than black it out, they give you white out and say, everything else is blacked out. We're going to white you out on the blackout. So, you know, that's something if you're like a teacher, this yeah. seems like a, like a really brilliant pass because that's the time, you know, as a teacher, you really can't just take off January right. or a weekend, you know, one of those times you're pretty much stuck to the uh, the school schedule. Or if you have a kid now, you got the baby, you're thinking, no, what, I'm going to be the parent that takes him out for a week and be like, listen, this is more convenient for me. And you're learning life lessons with me, kid. So, cool, man. My you might be homeschooled too by that point. I may be just going so off the rails like libertarian Bitcoin. I may not want him in public schools. I'm not even sure at this point. We could start our own school because remember I had the idea of snow school? Snow. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> I went on. I ranted for, I got to say, at least a half a year on that. And I'm still, I'm bringing it back. I, I've, <laughs> mentally, I've brought it back. I think you and the rent is too damn high party guy should get together. Yeah. I, th- I think you could kind of create some sort of coalition and Red Bull and a su- <laughs> make a super pack. Super. Red Bull ice cream. It's going to happen, bro. Yeah. I love this whiteout pass. I think magic has done some really cool stuff throughout the years. And that's again, I, 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 I have to get to that mountain this year. I, I've already promised. I made my promise this year that I'm going to mad river at least one day. I want to yeah. get to magic too. You don't get to it this year. You'd be one year older than when you do, right? A fucking men. Be one year older. Your balls will be hanging a little bit lower. Just a little bit lower. Broken knee. Do it now, man. I still got some meniscus left. Life now is the time, my friend. Life is too damn short. 
know what life is too damn short for? Staying at a fucking pod hotel in Whistler. Oh, boom. Did you that. read about this? All right. I love that place. I don't know if you guys heard about this yet. I love it though. Whistler Blackcomb. Now we talked about this before. We've, you know, we've been there several times and we've, you know, talked about there's always a, um, a crisis, not crisis, but a, a housing shortage there for the folks who are working there. Yeah. And I'm sure some of the bums who are hanging out there for the season. So Whistler has decided, or not Whistler specifically, but the uh, Pangea Hotel, they decided to create pods. So I love this idea for so instead of, you know, getting a room, a full size room, you can now get these little pods, which is, so they're trying to bridge the gap between the hostel and the hotel. So you have a private sleeping space. Um, and I mean, I, I try and describe it. It's pretty much think about how big a twin size bed is. I guess they have twin and full size yeah. beds. Basically, and you go in and the, the entire size of the room is your bed. Is the mattress. And there's maybe like a foot in front of it where you can drop your shoes or clothes or bag or whatever. Which but yeah, there's, um, there's like a little, a little cubby. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's your, that's your quarters. Now, I can see where there's some positives here. If you want, if you want to be hanging out and partying and doing whatever and then just come back and crashing. Now, you, Mario, as a single guy, if you were trying to make time with a lady and you brought her back to a pod, how big, fast would she run away? Big sexy party. Big se- I'm closing that door and Aztec Warriors. Um, what, what door? There's a curtain. It's fine. That's fine. Because that girl's probably hammered enough. She's not going to know what's going on anyway. Like, oh, we're in our helicopter right now. You think I'm sober? <laughs> it would be hard to be sober to be like, oh, come back to my pod. Come back to the pod. It's so I mean, cozy. Think about it this way. So you're out there. Let's say you go with like another buddy or two and you get your own room. You get your own place to sleep. Or no you could bro pod it. You could bro pod it. <laughs> bro pod. There's no fucking snoring. There's nothing like you got your own little space. I can get some downtime and then I wake up, go to the bathroom, go downstairs. There's a bunch of people around. Like, that's fine with me. You know, I'm skiing the whole time. That This is a great place for like, I wouldn't say a week if you want luxury accommodations, but if you're there for like two or three days and you just want to ski your balls off, why not? I see where you're coming from. But now I, I just picture someone like freaking Walker in the pod next to you. Well, just like storing it. and again, they're not talking like industrial grade, you know, cement dividers between the pods. It's like yeah. friggin Ikea furniture here between them. You got some guy farting yeah, and snoring hurt. next to you. Yeah. If you had an actual door, that would, that would make it. Now we're talking, right? But now you're talking about a real room. Yeah. Cause, cause I could deal with it. So I could see your point with the curtain, like. You know, at night, people are fucking around and like, oh, hey, who's in there? Like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. And But I have a, a carry permit, so I'd take out my gun and just shoot him. Like, I don't think it works in Canada. You can't have a gun in Canada because, you know, they're so nice up there. That's why you keister it. Gets, ah, that's the move. Keister. That's the move. Or 3D print it. When in doubt, keister it out, bro. 3D print it, bro. <laughs> I got to print something out from work. Yeah, I got to bring a printer with me. You have a printer downstairs, a 3D printer. Oh, sure. I got to print something out for work. Um, but no, yeah. could you, but I just, I picture I this curtain either. If it was a, like a wall, all they got to do is put a real wall. Yeah. And you just, now it's a room with just basically is just a bed. 
I'm looking at this picture. So, I mean, I don't think these pods are even, what, are they five feet high even? Like, they're not like, you're not standing up in there. All you're going to do is lay down and fucking sleep, check your emails, and then go to sleep. That's all you're doing. I, I just picture this being just a drunken shit show because the people who are going to want to stay at this pod hotel are probably going to be people who don't want to spend the money, That's who true. want to spend their money on booze. So everyone's going to be going out and partying and going to the wrong pod and like puking in the pods. Puke. Other people's puke, your puke, piss. People are going to be pissing in there. Like um, There's no bathrooms in the pods, obviously. No, you got to get out and go. This looks like the kind of quarters that you would have if you were one of those people working at the iPhone factory. It's a good idea. I like. I, I respect that they're trying this. The execution, if it was a permanent wall, I'd be all on board for the execution. I just picture like Australians just going in there and like accidentally going to some girl's pod and banging them. But that that's you know that's one of the risks they're going to have to take. I think. But there's, these are going to be full of Australians just boning. So this is right next to the Fairmont, right? <laughs> is it? I don't know. That'd be awesome. It'd be the yin and yang right next to each other. <laughs> Seriously, that Fairmont is ridiculous. Yeah. It's going to be 88 pods. This looks like it's near minutes. where the keg is. A brasserie. Where's the brasserie? I'm not even sure where that is exactly. Um, it's blocking my pop-up. Pangeapod.com. Look at La Brasserie. I don't know where La Brasserie is. Google does. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think it is by the keg. <laughs> it's private pods. It's so private. There's a curtain. Chic, shared, central. Okay, let's see. Lebrasserie. It's got a boutique design. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's... Um, so if you're coming from where the gondolas are and you go straight... It's near Avalanche Pizza. Right, which is by the keg. Yeah. Oh, by Earl's. Earl's Girls. Yeah. Earl's Girls. Right around, yeah. right around from the keg. Mm-hmm. All right. By the Starbucks. There's only two in town. Is that it? I there was at least three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. It's by the Timmy's. Tim, oh, Tim Hortons. We got to get Tim Hortons down here. I like they Tim. should sponsor us. Tammy's. Who did they get bought by? They got bought by um, Burger King. Damn it. That just ruined it for me. King, King Hortons. King Hortons. The king has spoken. So yeah, the pod is going to be available. So if that's your thing, hey man, how about it? And you know what? Hey, if you have a cool experience, tell us about it. Let us know. We wanted a full included trip to Whistler, staying at the Pangea Pod, the newly furbished Pangea Pod. Yeah. See how it turns out. It's got a 4.8 out of 5 so far. But yeah, the first year. Because <laughs> every summer. Clean and numb bukkake right now. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> it's got the numb bukkake, like symbol of approval on it right Come now. Come on, man. Come on. All right, so we're going to go from pods and we're going to go to Men's Journal, which I love. Those guys have a lot of good information. They did their impeccable ski runs, luxury accommodations, and they said these bet are the best U- European ski resorts that they rated. Now, I looked at this list and I kind of got to agree that these are pretty freaking dope is what they recommended. So first up, they said Austria, St. Anton. Um. I haven't been to St. Anton. We were at Ischgl, which is about 45 minutes away. 
Everybody said St. Anton's, hands down, great skiing, great uh, apres ski. Um, and they're saying it's, it's also called the cradle of alpine skiing um, since they, they're saying it helped define the sport, which is pretty amazing. Like there's a lot of history and stuff there. Uh, but I heard it's a beautiful little town. Awesome, right? Um, then they're saying, I've never heard this. And we might need to look at this, Brian. I may be making a trip there in the spring. Son of a bitch. I got I to find a way to piggyback on the trip. We got a place to stay. I got to tag along on this shit. Uh, so Norway, Norfjell. I don't know how you pronounce it. Oh, my God. You're not allowed in Norway for saying it that way. Norfjell. 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 Um, they're saying ski ski trails as high as 3,900 feet and boasts Europe's greatest vertical drop at 3,300 feet all the way down to beautiful beautiful fjords. I got that one right. Below. Uh, so they're saying they have 125 miles of backwoods trails and they're saying a lot of cross-country skiing, a lot of alpine skiing. So they said it's great. And they say spas are awesome. And they even say they have an ice rink, Brian. Nice. Listen, the one day where I get to ski and play hockey in the same day was one of the best days of my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, now they're saying Sweden. You never hear of Sweden. You hear of Switzerland, but not Sweden. Well, um, Sweden's gunning for the Olympics, right? The Winter Olympics. I think the... Um, what's the one there that's up next? Is it 2026, I guess? I think that's the one that um, Stockholm is going for. And I think this is where they would have the Alpine events. That would be great to go. Like, so Sweden is really huge on like, I know cross country, but they're saying Alpine skiing. They got, um, this place is, is pronounced aura and it's, I guess it has a funny thing over the A, but R E, um, and it's pronounced aura and it's, uh, one of the longest ski seasons in the world. So they're saying yeah, because it's way the fuck up there. Yeah. Like, you look on the map. I mean, you look where Stockholm is. It's probably right. 500 miles north of Stockholm. I'm feeling like a Viking if I go up there. That's pretty awesome. Dude. Um, if you haven't seen Vikings, the show, I actually recommend it to somebody and they started watching it. They're like, this is really cool. It's really bloody, but it's cool. I've like, watched the first three episodes and I, I liked it, but... It's really cool. Uh, you got to get deep in. Um, yeah. But they're saying snow guaranteed until mid-May. Like, what? It's freaking insane. So they're saying vertical drop, uh, 29 little over 2,900 feet. Um, and they're saying it's, um, pretty cool. They're saying it's, it's a little bit higher, uh, 4,100 feet high compared to Nord Nordfjell, uh, which is 3,900 feet. And so they're saying, uh, 90 slopes and night skiing from December through March. Crazy. So wow. same beautiful accommodations. Then Finland, Ruka, uh, which is short for, Rukutunuturi, um, and it says it snows 200 days out of the year, sometimes extending into June. So they're saying it's famous for snowmaking cannons that they can blow uh, over 4,400 cubic feet of snow per 44, hour. 44,000. I mean, 44,000 feet, uh, cubic feet of snow per hour, allowing them to open the resort in a single day after production. Holy shit. Isn't that nuts? That's Holy awesome. Cute. So the summit is only 1,600 feet, though. Yeah, and they just blow the shit out of that place. So, so what's Mountain Creek? Oh, I, I imagine it's like a mountain creek with a lot of snow. <laughs> I guess, yeah. But in, a, but in Finland, which it's Finland, man. That's, it's awesome. So they're saying luxurious villas, villas, 
hot tub, uh, killer vantage point, and fireside dining. They say it is the epitome of Lapland comfort. So sounds freaking baller. Now this place I've actually been to. This is where I broke my uh, shoulder. Uh-huh. And they have a World Cup event there every year. Um, the Women's World Cup is always here. That's where um, Lindsay finished her uh, career. Oh, uh, that's right. So Italy, Cor- Cortina d'Empezzo. Um, this is kind of like, when, when I went there, a lot of people explained to me, this is like the Aspen of Italy, of Europe. It's like, you know, very luxurious. Where the beer flows like wine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Women flow like uh, the Bishop Capistrano. The Salmon of Capistrano. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> so... This is in the Dolomites, so it's not in the Alps, Dolomites. Um, and they're saying it's it's 9,600 feet above sea level, and it's it's nicknamed the Snow Disneyland. Um, it's only like two hours. We took a bus from Venice, and it was, it was two and a half hours. So we did a side trip in Venice. So like that's oh, cool. the other benefit of going somewhere here. Um, oh, here it is. Notable stop on the Women's World Cup circuit. And... It's it's known for being less pretentious than other resorts, but it hosts a ton of A-list visitors. So very cool. And then this is the one place that I missed because I had to travel for work. Sons of bitches. Hate you guys. Hate you forever. Um, France, Chamonix. Uh, that is definitely on my list of places I have to get to. Yeah, Chamonix is just known for a lot of crazy stuff. I mean... Well, unfortunately, they were known for a tram fire last week yes they had the big tram fire uh in the summer they have a ton of um if you want to learn how to do the uh squirrel suit this is the place you oh can, yeah like there's a ton of that done there um, stuff. they do a lot of a lot of um mountaineering there rock climbing the parachute thing they do there the uh paragliding and the paraskiing um but what this was actually just north of um I ran into some ladies when I was in um, uh, Val Terenz and they were saying it's only like two hours from Val Terenz. They were actually going to go there for like a weekend. I was like, that's pretty cool. So you can kind of bop around, but they're saying what five resorts in the corner, this French Alps town is one of the most popular ski destinations. And it's definitely well known around the world. I've heard from people of other, you know, nations that it's, you definitely have to go there. So they're saying, um, majestic glaciers, 10 different ski areas. And they're saying, you just keep going forever, like just different places every day. Um, and it has everything from Michelin star restaurants, um, you know, to like high end, high end, uh, accommodation. So I just watched, um, this past Saturday, they had a, a no reservation. I'm not no reservations. Um, parts unknown. Anthony Bourdain marathon. And there's one whole episode where he's in the, in the French Alps. And I'm not sure if they actually say where exactly he is, but, um, it's season 10, I think episode two or three, it's him and Eric repair are in the, in, in the French Alps. And they're just, I mean, they're eating the raclette, they're doing the fondue, they're drinking the wine They're I mean, the food they have just looks unbelievable. They show them skiing a little bit. And there's like these like funny montages they do where they have like a stunt guy in. Oh, that's um, I, I don't know. I, I have to, I only I kind of fell asleep because it was late on Saturday and I was having a couple drinks, but I forget exactly where he was, but uh, it was, it was just, of course, breathtaking. It was so cool. I sent you the text when I was in uh, Val Terenza. We had the raclette night. Oh, yeah. 
oh, dude was just eating melted cheese the whole night. It was great. And afterwards, it was tragedy. It was, it was mm. not too well for my insides, but it did well for my, like, you know, going down. Yeah. <laughs> There's another place. Okay. So they have Switzerland, Samaritz. Now, I've done, we did Zermatt. We both have been there. Uh, there's a summer trip to a um, that I'm thinking about this year. Don't know if it's going to happen, but it's it's still out there. I I, I believe it, it can happen. Uh, but anyway, they're saying uh, Samaritz. There's a trio of villages. There's um, Dorf, which is Italian influence. There's uh, Sleepy Samaritz Bad. And then, um, oh, Italian fin- uh, influence Salarina. So there's Dorf is the trendy area. So there's like those three main areas, uh, about 217 miles of groom ski skiing, um, at altitudes, nearly two miles into the sky. So, uh, and Samaritz is known for spas and restaurants and luxury. They're basically saying it's a five-star luxury week, uh, luxury all week, all weekend. It's that's kind of the, what the place is known for. Um, and then there's Germany and I've heard of this, but I, I thought, this was in Switzerland for some reason. Oh, uh, Zugspitze, yeah. Yeah, Zugspitze, Garmisch, uh, Partenkirch, right? Um, so saying uh, 9,700 feet uh, high Zugspitze, um, Judson's the sky, and they're saying it's just an hour drive south of Munich, which is nice little side trip. You could fly into Munich and just kind of maybe end in Munich, spend a few, uh, few days there or something. Um, but they're saying good cross country skis, uh, ski trails, and then ski down the mountains glacier or, uh, head by the nearby towns of Garmisch and Partenkirche to cozy up with a beer. Now, unfortunately they just announced, uh, I think it was today or yesterday that there was a fire at the Zugspitze tram as well this week. I think there's a, there is a tram uh, arsonist that's going out, taking out the big mountains. Is it possibly ISIS? I think it's, I think it must be. This is what ISIS does. This is what happens. This is what happens when you, when the terrorists win, they start taking out our, our trams, our tram stations. That's what happens. (laughs) Yeah. There's some really cool places in here, but like I said, you know, like the, that, that Norway and sweet, well, the Sweden one's gonna be a little tricky, but that Norway one, that is definitely going to happen in the next two years because, like I said, I have an in-law who now lives just south of Oslo. So that will not be a problem getting to that mountain. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be fun, right? Yeah. You know, when I read this list, I, I was kind of like, ah, everybody puts out their list of baller places. And this was a, a list of baller places that I was like, these it was are different. not on the regular radar, which, yeah. you know, Chamonix is always on the radar, but it's hard to get, you know, a lot of people don't, Necessarily go there like all the time. Like Cortina was like kind of a fluke to go there for our ski club. So it's kind of like, but the other ones were like, wow, I don't, I don't know anybody that skied in Finland. Well, know? that was the cool thing about Ishko. I mean, that was like such a, a unique place they chose. Yeah. I, I, keep, how, I keep trying to relive the majesty of it. Well, I love how when we got there, they had this whole big thing where they brought us into town and we went to like the, um, the hell was it, the visitor associate and they're like yeah the first big club that has come here from the u.s and we're like what you nobody's coming here from the u.s it's like you gotta be kidding me so that was kind of crazy we're like what are we in for yeah it was pretty it's, cool it's gonna suck and i was like no it's actually pretty awesome it was a nice welcome it was cool yeah yeah 
Next up, for sale, Canadian ski resort for just 1.3 million USD. You know that. Do you have enough Bitcoin to just buy that? How about your buddies? Um, if I did have enough, then I would not be going to my soul-sucking misery day job. Come on, me, you, and Nick, can't we just scrape together 1.3? Just like, just make it happen. I'll cash out my 401k to do this. Cash out everything, man. Just like, I don't give a goddamn. 1.3 million, and you can have your own ski resort. This is Mount Timothy's in central British Columbia. Oh, you know what you could have there? You could have Tim Hortons too, Mount Timmy's. I think there probably is one there already. Mount Timmy's. That'd be great. Yeah. Sponsored by. We could have them chip in like half of that. So what happened was they were denied the opportunity to pose a referendum question regarding financial aid to recreation tax funding. The directors of MTSS have determined the only remaining option is to seek a buyer for the hill. $200,000 will retire the outstanding debt and a new owner would take over all operating agreements with the lands branch. As it stands now, the Hill will not be operating this season. Therefore, preseason sales passes are not being offered. If you feel this might be a business for you, please contact us via private message. So they have 200. I'm looking at the map. It looks pretty awesome. Yeah, they got 200 acres of snow, average snow, 657 acres, 1,000 feet of vertical, and 30 runs. Man, this is like prime for us, man. Yeah. I'm going to see if I could raise that money. I'm going to start right emailing. Are you a Kickstarter? Kickstart it, man. Yeah. Kickstarter and GoFundMe. Killington just put in $25 million of upgrades. This whole resort is $1.3 million. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, dude, Apocalypse in 04, we could film it right here. That's right. We could reboot it. Same, man. Apocalypse, no reboot. Mm, mm, mm. That could be the theme. Apocalypse in all the time. Yeah. Can you catch the person, you know, on the monoski or not? You know? <laughs> monoski. Like you, hey, if how about you get to a free lift ticket with every monoski? Oh, like if you're monoskiing, you get a free lift ticket. That's right. A special, like, Lodge just for mono skiers, like a private lounge. Little massage going on in there. A little cocoa. A little fireplace, like only for mono skiers. <laughs> Promote that. That and snowblades. <laughs> yeah, this looks like a cool little resort. Yeah, like it. All right. Next up, we got uh, meet Jay Nygar, the man with the plan to put wind turbines on chairlift poles. Now, while this sounds like it might be dangerous, uh, I guess it could be, depending on how they implement it. Um, so he's an engineer, and he has a vision to, to put green energy solutions on, on ski resorts. And one of the ones that he had was they have these, it's not like a regular windmill. So I actually know somebody that was in a town. They were like, you know, this person wanted to put up this big-ass windmill, and it's dangerous because it's kind of like blades just chopping up whatever's in front of it. Um, they actually have these turbines that like sit up and they're kind of wavy and they twirl around. So it's, it's different. It's almost like a, almost like a windsock. Like, I don't know, it's weird. Um, but they generate a good amount of power too. So his idea, which is actually pretty cool is you chuck them on top of the, the ski lift, um, poles 
and they generate a, a ton of energy. So, um, it's actually pretty cool. So in North America, he's, he's, he's a rep. Um, he's, he was named North American rep for the industry leading high watt technology corporation. And he's actually looking to try to get into ski areas and, and sell this technology. So. Yeah. It looks almost like if, if Dyson came up with like a wind font, like a windmill. Yeah. It's like an, up and down windmill weird it almost looks like um you know egg beater or a uh egg beater blades the crank yeah yeah you know and they kind of turn around like one of those like stand mixers yes like a mixer like mixer blades that are standing up so yeah you see you just put them right on top of all the uh all those big posts. I mean, they're hundreds of feet in the air. Why not? Right. Yeah. I love the description he has. I call them yard art with benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're pretty cool. Hey, anything, right? Cow pal, these guys. Hey, find ways to get free energy, man. That's the key. It's all free. Oh. All right. And that kind of wraps up the old ski news. All right, now on to the main topic. So, you know, we talked about the ski trailers just before. And, you know, one of the ones that's always one of the biggest draws every year is the Warren Miller films. And this is going to be the first season of the first time one of his movies is going to be shown. Is it posthumously? 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 After after he's, he's died. Yeah. So Ski Magazine has decided to start rerunning some of, um, you know, some of the writings that Warren did. And the first one they released this week is called The Gift of Skiing. And this originally came out in the December 2000 episode of Ski Magazine. And it's just him just telling his stories. You know, he says, you know, if I were any luckier, I would have to be two people because I've been able to spend the past 52 Christmases skiing somewhere in the world. I always spend some of that time running my movie camera so I can share the sunshine and snow with people who might not have had either. During my Christmas vacations, I've skied and filmed powder snow, blue ice, corn snow, very little snow and no snow. And I've learned quite a few lessons along the way both on and off the slopes. And then of course he kind of goes into, you know, some of those stories and, you know, again, we, you know, we talked about it that, you know, if you, their slogan is, if you don't do it this year, you'll just be one year older when you do. And this is the time of year where you just start thinking about what you're going to do, where you're going to go preparing. And it's so easy to just go, well, you know, money's tight. I don't know if I can do anything this year. Dude, next year, your knees might not be the same. Your life might not be the same. If you're in a position where you can make this happen, you got to go for it. You got to do it. You got to live like Warren. You know, life is precious. You know, it's so easy to take it for granted and keep saying, oh, you know, in five years and 10 years, I'll be able to do all this stuff I want to do. But you're not guaranteed that five to 10 years away, my man. You know, like you're, you're guaranteed right now. That's all you got. And what you do with it is your choice. So I think one of the thing about Warren Miller, like I think a lot of people get when, when you watch his films and you just hear him talk is 
it doesn't really matter if you had the best ski day of your life. You appreciate it. Like you appreciate it because it's part of your life. You know, like he, he appreciated everything, you know, he appreciated the good times and the bad times. Like he even says like you had no snow, but you appreciate it. You, you, he filmed it. Like he would film. What do you do on your day when you have no snow? You know, like, cause there's like cool stuff that happens too. Like you have a shitty ski day. You know, we had a whole matchup of like best villains on a, on a rainy ski day. And that was one of the most fun times we had in, in a ski house, you know? And yeah, it's, it's all about which, how you make it, you know, what you make of it. Right. And you, and you remember those times. It's like, you got to appreciate what you have and make the best of it because you're going to appreciate even the good and the bad times equally, you know, later in life. So it was like a yin and yang almost to, to skiing and to, to snow. Yeah. I mean, think about when we were in um, Utah, we were in Park City, you know, we're there Friday. It's just pouring rain the whole day. Yeah. There's maybe four people on the mountain. Yeah. And we're like, this fucking sucks. The one we're in there in February, the one Friday in February where it's actually pouring rain is the one that we're at. And then, you know, you go to bed overnight. We got our skis. We're ready to go. What's tomorrow going to be like? It might suck. Are we actually going to go skiing? Who knows? And we wake up and look, a foot of snow is on the ground. Yeah. But you know, that's rain again. You still make the best of it because you're like a, a ski, any ski day is, is a good day. You know, you're not at work. You're not at the DMV. You're not, in, you're not at um jury duty. Like you're, you're, you're out there. Yeah. You're up in the mountains. You're on, you know, you're on vacation. You're, you're being your, your real self. You're doing what you want to do. You know, it's make the best of it. Enjoy it. Cherish it. Be grateful because, you know, a lot of people in this world can't either because of, mentally, physically, emotionally, there's, there's some reason why they're not doing it, but you are. So always be grateful and always make, take advantage and, and make the best of where you're at. We walked through a, a torrential downpour to go get burgers on a day that we thought we were going to be skiing. And you know what? It was fun. I had a lot of fun doing it. And then we came back and our housemates ate an entire tray of pot brownies. Oh, that was the day. Yeah. <laughs> We decided to build a fort underneath the uh, dining room table. While we were out, you know, going to get burgers, they were eating a lot of brownies. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That was, again, you know, because we had these stories because of that, you know, and that's that's what it's about. You know, it's, if it's a story on the slopes, if it's a story off the slopes, you're there to to, to, to crumb up with stories and to to uh, to have experiences. So, yeah. live you life. know, to live. And you know what? It's it's not always exactly the way you picture it, but that's the beauty of life is that you're uh, you have the opportunity to make the best of it. So you might as well do that. Here, here. So I think they're going to post more of these um, Warren Miller stories over the next couple months. So check out SkiMag.com and check out Ski Magazine because I'm sure they're going to have them in there as well, reprinted. So it's always, it's always comforting reading and watching Warren Miller and hearing his voice. So this, this is no different. So we'll have links posted on the website, skibumpodcast.com. Under the ropes. First off, now we've talked about this in the past and coincidentally, we actually didn't plan it this way. We talked about, Red Bull a lot already this episode 
But this Red Bulls, I think the whole time. <laughs> I guess so. Red Bulls crashed ice. They've announced it. And, you know, we've talked about crashed ice for years now. They are spreading to three continents for 2018, 2019. They're going to have their first Asian stop in Japan to spice up the new season. Nice. Uh, they're going to have an event in Boston and Finland as well. So those are where the three events are going to be this year. And Boston's at Fenway, right? Boston will be at Fenway, yes. Nice. Now, there actually is a women's crashed ice, too, for the first time. Now, if I were to be transgender, could I then compete as a female crashed icer? I don't. I still don't think you'd have a shot, but yeah. <laughs> I know. I probably wouldn't. You I wish they, I try out for it. I, I still wish, think you should try it. I think they need like a senior circuit. Like if they had like a senior circuit, I'd be all over that. I don't think these people are too young. Dude, they're all like friggin' like 18. Are they? <laughs> well, now. Who in their right mind would do this? You'd be like. <laughs> think about it. Somebody that's lived their life that has that has a career, has a 401k established. <laughs> what sort of 401k does Red Bull offer? <laughs> they don't even have anything right now. Do they make sauerkraut with the Red Bull? Oh, available. You have ideas in your head. You could, you know, you could bring that to the ice and to Red Bull. You bring that idea. I wonder if there's any like custom crashed ice uniform bits, or is it all just taken from other sports? I don't know. It's, oh. It's mostly like full oh, hockey uniform, like some sort of uh, like almost like a onesie, like a padded onesie. Fuck that! You go to Strange Brew, the uh, the uniforms they had there. Yeah, where they had the the black team and the and the white. Oh yeah, yeah. They were like stormtroopers on us. That's what you gotta have. Just that. Well, they're just it's like standard hockey gear with it looks like wide receiver gloves. We're going to add, so they're adding these three locations, but that's adding to their whole circuit, which is all over the place, right? No, I think that's, that's the whole season. It's just those three events. Oh, really? Because they used to do like five or six. It says the whole calendar is December 7th and 8th oh, yeah. in Yokohama, Japan, February 2nd in Finland, and then February 7th and, or 8th and 9th in Boston. Yeah, they cut it down to just three locations. These they would do like Edmonton or Minnesota and Ottawa. Yeah, Minnesota, and they'd always end up in um, Quebec. Quebec. Quebec, okay. And it was cool because they went like, it looked like they closed down Quebec just to have this thing, so. Well, it's amazing how many people go to these events. Oh, I mean, there's like tens of thousands of people there. Dude, Fenway, we're going to get wicked hammered and high as balls over there. <laughs> Great. Dude, we might even know somebody at the Boston Globe. Dude, Sully's going to be in it. Sully's <laughs> going to be in the crash dice. He's going to do, he's going to be wicked good. He's going to take it all, kid. I think Big Poppy's going to do well in that. Dude, why don't they have celebrity crashed ice? Oh, celebrity. Yes. So like each that. location, you have like members of your um, celebrity non skaters crashed ice. It's like the wide world of sports. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Or how about ice skaters? Yeah. Tom Brady. In Boston, you get Tom Brady, you get our pal Matt from the Boston Globe. Yeah, you get Big Poppy. Big Poppy. <laughs> Big Poppy. I got the skate very good. <laughs> I hear Big Poppy talking. And who else could we get? Well, like Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Dude, yeah. that's four Boston elite right there. 
Who else can get? I don't know. They have athlete bios. Wow. Ben Affleck. Dennis Leary. That's gonna be cool. Bill tell- Burr. Bill Burr. He could do it. Bill Burr. He can he can MC it. How about would, that? No, I want him on skates. <laughs> on skate. That's only if they do Philly. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Dude, they would be throwing shit in Philly. They couldn't do it there. That's even better. Throwing batteries while you're trying They're to throwing like hot dogs up there. And you're like, you're like catching edge and you your your skate stuck in a hot dog bun. Awesome. It's like running, man. You don't know if you're even going to get out. <laughs> like, that's what you want. That's what I want to see. I want to see like the flame guy come out. <laughs> come and get me Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Who's, uh, oh, Dynamo or something. Is that James Brown? Was he in that? Who's who's Dynamo? Wasn't that uh that was James Brown, wasn't it? What's that? No, that was the guy singing opera, wasn't it? The uh, fat guy singing opera. No, who's the guy with the flamethrower? This is James Brown. Was it? I'm looking up right now. The crack pipe. <laughs> the fireball. That was the name. And fireball. Jim Brown. Oh man. I'm sitting there, James Jim Brown, Brown. football yeah. player. Okay, I think you're saying James Brown. I'm thinking like, <laughs> like living in America. Like I feel good. <laughs> I feel good. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I meant Jim Brown. Oh, all right, big difference. Well, I call him James. He likes to be called. <laughs> he's a proper gentleman. He's a Hall of Famer. That's right. He's oh, see, he's Fireball. All right. I love how the budget for the movie was twenty-seven million dollars. <laughs> that was eighty-seven. I thought it was like eighty-two. We saw the opera guy. I was like little transistors in like a radio shack. Oh, God. It's so bad. It's so bad when you look at it now. He was like, oh. (laughs) That was awesome, though. That made it so much more special. Yeah. Arnold. Fireball. Fireball. Yeah. I love that. Come and get me Christmas tree. What a hothead. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, the one-liner is a classic. Oh, Schwarzenegger is the king of the one-liner. Hasta la vista, baby. (laughs) Commando, when he's like, kills a guy on the plane, he's like, please don't bother my friend. He's dead tired. (laughs) (laughs) Just just terrible, but awesome. Awesome at the same time. He was in the Dirty Dozen. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, the Dirty Dozen. Great movie. Had Hannibal, George Pappard. Wow, that's going back, huh? Oh, that was a fantastic movie. That and Guns of Navarone. Two movies, if you're a man, you got to watch. Back in I, the- I'm not a man. <laughs> back in the day, we used to <laughs> get to be sitting there at Scotch. Back in the day, I saw somebody's head just soared right off. And I kept drinking my Scotch. What year was that? The Dirty Dozen. Oh, that was, uh, that was one of his big ones. That, that started his career, I think. Oh, 67. Holy crap. Yeah. That started his acting. That, that was right after he stopped playing football. Foosball. And it was such a good movie that they kept giving him roles, even though he could not have that role. Lee Marvin, Ernest Borgnine, Charles Bronson, Jim Brown, John Cassavetes. Jesus. Ernest Borgnine, Poseidon Adventure, and Earthquake. You remember? Kelly Savalas, Donald Sutherland. Kelly Savalas. God was- damn. This is a friggin' action packed cast there. Yeah. Kelly Zavallis was, uh, what, what was his, um, shit. What was the, um, he wasn't Columbo. He's the other guy. Kojak. Kojak. What was his tagline? He was looking at you, kid, or 
And he something like that. Pop. He had the no. lollipop. It's the weirdest shit. Yeah, a lollipop. Like people like in the seventies. Yeah, he just give him a fucking lollipop. He's tough with a lollipop. <laughs> what the hell was his tagline? Not here's looking at you. It's like who loves you, baby. Was that it? Yeah, uh-huh. who loves you, baby. That was his tagline. Who loves you, baby. That's so funny. You know, you look at Tyson Wallace. He's not a beautiful man. No. He was a bald guy before bald was really kind of, you know, status quo. He was um, for Vin Diesel, I think. No doubt. The Rock. Yeah. You know what? Like, you could be a weird looking guy in your 40s and still be, you know, Dude, famous. You wore a turtleneck most of the time. It was weird. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen this show ever. You, you never watch that? No. That Columbo, how about Columbo? Starsky and Hutch? My parents love the Columbo. They still watch it now. My favorite show growing up was Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch. It dates me, but I tell you what, I love that fucking, that car. Oh, the the Javelin? The stripe on it, that white stripe on the red car. Oh, gold. See, I love the Dukes of Hazzard. Dukes of Hazzard I like too. Because I was a friggin' redneck kid. Yeah, I was a little rednecky, but I used to watch it. It was Friday Mm. night. That's what was on. After the Hulk. It scared the shit out of me. Love the Hulk, man. Scared yeah. The Hulk scared you? It scared the shit out of me. I was like, I understood the Hulk. I'm like, that's the shit I do when I get mad. <laughs> I was too little and too naive and too sheltered, and it scared the hell out of me. Really? Yeah, it was kind of. It is kind of creepy if you think about a green dude running around like breaking shit. Um, it's extremely creepy when you're a very naive little child. Yeah, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> and your parents are drinking and let you watch this friggin' Incredible Hulk. And all you want to watch is Dukes of Hazard. You want to see some rednecks jumping shit in an orange car with a Confederate flag on top. That's all you want to watch. I want to do is watch some people jumping shit. Yeah. Some normal people, non-green people, just jumping shit in a car. Exactly. <laughs> Getting away from the cops. It's beautiful. Speaking of Incredible Hulks, what's in an Incredible Hulk? Oof. Is it Hennessy and Hypnotic? Hypnotic. That's right. We still got to do that one day. Yeah, that's true. We should have a dedicated episode to that. Incredible Hulk Day. Yeah. I think that might be a festival. That might be when we go to Crashed Ice. I think that, that could actually work. Incredible Hulks all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking of Incredible Hulks, there's a great grandmother in Texas that shot and killed a 12 foot gator. And she did it because she believed it ate the <laughs> So when I first saw that story, I thought this had to be Florida, but <laughs> Texas, congratulations. You win this week. A big ass gator. So she thought it ate her horse or mini horse. Here's the better part. So she, so Judy is the one that killed this gator. She's a grandma and she happens to be the mayor of her town as well. So um, she loves hunting, fishing and all that jazz. She's just not a fan of having her animals' heads as decorations in her house. So she didn't want to do taxidermy. But somebody ate her little mini horse and she <laughs> it was this goddamn gator. So she brought it. She took it down. I like it. You know, I, I definitely respect that she took the law. I guess, do, 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 they, do gators fall into the law? But she, uh, you know, she took some vi- like vigilante justice. I like that. Yeah. She said, say, for example, I was walking my dog Gus by a pond and a gator ate his ass up. I'd shoot that gator. I'd kill that gator. That gator's head would be the centerpiece of the Thanksgiving table until I drew my last breath. So that's how 
that's how the uh, the author of this uh, article put it. <laughs> See, now this is why you know this is definitely she's more respectable than Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. Chubbs, I like Chubbs. Chubbs, Chubbs can get, couldn't get that gator. Lost his hand. This this lady took the gator by the horns and made it happen. I love how she has it like hanging on her on her stoop. She's like taking pictures next to it. Like, yep, I got this gator. Somebody gonna come by, take some more pictures. Pretty sure that isn't the first thing that's hung from that rope on that porch, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> she said she's gonna eat that thing. I would not be surprised. You could eat that's a lot of meat in there. That's some good eats right there. And some alligator bag. Like you can use every part of that thing. She's gonna have shoes and a purse. That's right. Big old belt. Especially Texas with a big belt buckle. It's like a source of pride. Just, just put the whole gator head on your belt buckle. What <laughs> <laughs> this gator head just sticking out? You make a backpack out of the gator head. That'd be cool. You like open the mouth, take stuff out, close the mouth. That would be kind of cool. You like a gator purse. She could my, like my parents have a stuffed gator. Hey, it's it's, big thick, is it? it's I don't know, maybe like a little mini six, gator? seven feet. You know, the Germans with the stuff in the stuff, I remember going to to Germany and seeing like all the little stuff that they would hunt and then they taxidermy and they put it on the wall. And it's great. You know, it's a source of pride. It's the culture. But it was funny because it went from like big to small. So it started with like a, a big deer head and you're like, wow, that's a big, you know, deer. And you, you've seen that, you know, with the big thing. Like a gerbil at the end. <laughs> all the way down to like a weasel. I'm like, why the fuck did you stuff that thing? It's remember, not impressive. That thing's like a rat. Like, remember when we were in um, we were in Zermatt, we skied into Italy in that one restaurant, and all the shit on the wall. And there was like, I love, I love the taxidermy like action shots when they have like the animal kind of like in a position, like, oh hey, I'm alive and I'm turning, and this is what I'm what, how I usually act. <laughs> They're like, make it like the visa is going to kill me. <laughs> like it's like pose, like Whoop, I'm doing this, like no, jazz that- hands. I think I think jazz hands. <laughs> I think never made that motion, but it looks cool now. It was like throwing up like middle fingers. Like, well, I don't think he could actually do that. Like gang signs on a, like a on a fox. He's like, damn, I didn't know the fox could do that, dude. That, I wonder if that could be like a lucrative market. You could sell like taxidermy to gang members. They're all doing your your signs and stuff. <laughs> like at their hangout, they're just like there's like bears and lions. Man, I got a skunk doing a gang sign, bro. Like, imagine you're like a crip and you got like blue lions doing like taxidermy gang signs. That's right. You color them different colors, whatever you want, man. You want a blue bear? I can get you a blue bear. That'd be awesome. That'd be fucking awesome. Gang taxidermy. <laughs> gang taxidermy, man. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, what's that show Detroiters did you see the um, they have that episode where the lady wanted like her last wish was to be uh, what the hell was it like posed so they go to the wake and she's like posed and like (laughs) didn't we talk about that that one guy like the boss he was like a Celtics fan and he was like a video gamer but I don't know if it's like a thing that's coming out now like are a lot of people doing that shit it's almost it's almost like you're part of a diorama when you die now yeah, that's freaky. Like, yeah. I don't know, posed. I'm surprised Costco hasn't sold like dioramas for like funeral dioramas. So funeral. you can kind of just put you in there. <laughs> like, they just put you right, you know, prop think you about, up, whatever. Think, you a, think about it. Imagine having like a, you got like a, um, a little snow gun in there 
You just got us propped up with like skis on and like snow keeps coming in. Be the last big jump you ever do, man. That'd be cool. Not yeah. like a backflip. Woo. First time you ever did a uh, helicopter. <laughs> Think about it. Funeral dioramas. That could be the future. I want a moving diorama though. I want it like action. Like, so you got to have to throw my body around hey. like, it Bernie's <laughs> just fucking chugging around. Dude, if you have enough money, we can make this happen. Flip them. Just put me on a rotisserie and just like flip me. Dude, that's what I'm saying. You could do that. <laughs> <laughs> just have me like the back flipping. Like, Until parts <laughs> fall off. You just keep them. <laughs> it's so horrible, but it's so funny. <laughs> A moving diorama. God, dude, that's creepy and awesome. <laughs> the motor goes like haywire. She's like cranking around way too fast. God damn. You go fly out the window. I don't know what happened. We got to unplug this thing now. <laughs> that's horrible. But kind of funny. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know. Now I gotta think. Like, what what would I want to do? Because you know, like, think about somebody that like is a big water skier. So you do the wake, and you have them sitting there with the water skier thing. Like, that'd be kind of wild. You could do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! That's fucking crazy. Oh yeah. So I don't know if these funeral dioramas are gonna take off or not, but I think we should patent these. I'm doing research now because I'm going to have to... I'm writing it down because i got to figure out more about this funeral diorama. Yeah. All right. Last and certainly not least. <laughs> I'm not sure if we've talked about it yet on the podcast, but the, the new Sasha Baron Cohen show. I think it's new, but the season's over already where he... Uh, it's called Who is America? And, you know, if you're not familiar with Sasha Baron Cohen, he's he's had these characters over the years, you know, Borat and Ali G and Bruno. And those were great for a while, but then people kind of caught on to the shtick. So he really hasn't done any of that for, for quite a while now. But he came out with this new show, Who is America? And he created these four new characters. And he's heavily made up in these. So you really can't tell it's him. And somehow... He managed to finagle an interview in the final episode of the show with uh, alleged murderer O.J. Simpson. <laughs> and he has this one character who is a uh, Italian playboy, Gio Monaldo. He interviewed him as this character. And um, if you uh, if you haven't seen the show, the character, he's, yeah, this, he's like a photographer to the stars, like jet setter character. And there's and uh, there's one episode with him where he's talking to a yacht salesman, and he's like, "It's it's for you know a friend of mine." It's like I don't know if it matters to you. I don't know if I don't want to say this. It's actually Assad from Syria, and it's like like we have a lot of refugees. He's like, "Is there any way we can put like electric in the in the water to shock and kill them?" He's like, "We can do that, no problem." (laughs) Like this guy is like he's gonna make this sale. Like he'll tell him whatever he wants to hear. I'll do whatever you want. I'm going to sell you the yacht. So this particular character, yeah, this Gio Monaldo, he's interviewing OJ and uh, he always has like a girl, a woman with him, like a beautiful, a young model. And uh, he said, so the, his character, this 
you know, Baron Cohen's character, he pretends to stab his girlfriend in explaining why OJ is famous. <laughs> and he goes, oh. you know, she's gorgeous, but sometimes I want to kill her. You know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh my wow. God. That you know, the funniest part of that is at some point you gotta think, what if I push him too far? Like what's gonna happen then? Dude, he uh he apparently has got some crazy CTE too, they're saying now, which would have got him probably um got a mistrial back uh, then. I gotta check this out because I have not seen it. And allegedly yeah. the juice didn't know he was being recorded. Oh, he didn't know? Allegedly. Allegedly. He had to sign some kind of waiver. I think so, yeah. Let him use it. Well, unless they say he's newsworthy and they'll just use it, but who knows? Yeah. If he wants to get on the show and tell his side of the story, skibumpodcast.com. Boom. You know where to find us. You know where to find us. You know us and you love us. All right, so I guess that wraps up the old podcast then, eh? Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We're on all the socials, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. We're on Pinterest as highfalutins. We're on SoundCloud as highfalutin-skibum. And we're on YouTube as I think skibumpodcast. So I will check. <laughs> So thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys next week. Say hi, stay polluting. See you.